the Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Usual Podcast. Podcast we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host Marshall and with me, as always, you did a little dance. That was nice. I got the moves like Jagger. Okay, I got the okay. moves right. like Jagger. That's kind of a lot. Uh, is my co-host Will. Say hello, buddy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the wonderful world of live streaming. Yeah, no, we were having hiccups, and that's it's gonna be fine. We're just gonna we're just gonna go through it. It's gonna be fine. We're sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverages. What are you drinking, dude? We are actually with the, we just had dinner a little bit ago, and I enjoyed a nice blue moon, and capped it off with part of a a, a Max River Steelhead. Uh, Max. uh, Mad River. No, Mad River. Yes. Yeah, Mad River. Mad River Steelhead. And right now, I'm enjoying a uh, refreshing Diet Pepsi because I have to drive home afterwards. Well, I had the Steelhead. I had some double IPA that the server just gave me. She's all, "Do you want double IPA?" I said, "Yes." Uh, why would you not? I don't remember which one it was. And then she also gave me, what else? What was my second one? Oh, it was the, uh, the one that I pointed to. Um, it was an 8.4. Yeah. Well, that's why we can't remember it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> right now I am drinking, um, and I'll hold this up to the camera for, the, for my live streamers, uh, Hop Stupid from Lagunitas, uh, uh, Brewing Company from Petaluma, California. It's about two hours from us. One of my favorite brewing companies. Well, two hours is you drive. I drive an RV. Yeah. I drive faster. <laughs> Anyway, man, um, before we get to our normal stuff, this is our two-year anniversary episode. It is. Happy two years, my friend. Yeah, same to you, buddy. Uh, what's really cool about this, though, is that I didn't think we'd get this far. I know, right? In, in, in all honesty. But also, uh, we've got some really cool people in our community that kind of maybe sort of like us. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of mess with that here in a second, which is kind of fun. Yeah, you know... the. the January 30th, dude. January 30th. This Monday is actually our, our two-year anniversary. So this episode will come out either the day before that or on that day, if I get my editing Sunday? in order. Well, I put the last one out on Sunday because I was done with it. I wanted You're to be done weird. with it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Continue. Please tell me what you want to say. Uh, I want to say that we have a wonderful community here, and I, uh, I'm i glad that we have a lot of people that uh, enjoy our brand of humor. <laughs> is it humor, though? <laughs> well it's hard to say uh in in inanity yeah so uh, thanks to everybody in the chat room we'll get to you in just a minute um uh, but before we get started if you have comments or questions you can find us at the usual podcast.com email us at the usual podcast at gmail.com and we're on facebook google plus pinterest instagram and of course twitch and youtube um i'm at darth pops on twitter will is at i'm will griggs uh take the time if you're watching us live uh jump over onto itunes give us a rating stitcher google play all that kind of stuff um i'm sure it helps us yeah you know if only we get another 10 15 thousand of them then we might actually show up on one of the boards is that how many i don't know god i hope not Otherwise. All, I, all i know is you know i started listening to the west wing weekly after my brother suggested it and yeah. uh, if if he's actually gotten on to to watch us i know he's trying tonight um, he's the one that suggested it to me and it's a fantastic podcast and it was actually rated as one of the top 10 new podcasts of the year last year, but, sure. uh, they debuted at like number four. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, if it takes that many, I give up because <laughs> look, anyway, here we are two years later. We're doing what we're doing. Um, we do have time stamps in the show notes. If you're not watching live, thank you to everybody who is, um, we will do our best, uh, to watch the chat room we have the uh timestamps in the show notes you can jump around if you want we have a lot of cool star wars stuff to talk about this week um some cool pop culture stuff but a ton of swotor as well 
Cool. So, and actually, I just saw my brother did, is watching. And uh, what's up, little guy? Everybody, say hi to Bobo. And uh, <laughs> if <laughs> say he, hi to Bobo, Bobo, it's his online nickname. Yeah. I'm and uh, everyone, be nice. <laughs> But he is a big Star Wars fan. I'm going to tell you what. Most of the people who are in our chat room are probably nice people. They are. Except for JT is a little weird. Uh, but. <laughs> JT's a little. Oh, oh, that guy. Just kidding, JT. You got to watch out for him. All right. So anyway, uh, let's get to our two-year anniversary fun, dude. Yeah, let's get it. I haven't heard. I've, I've only heard one of the things that people have sent in. So here's what I, I did. We'll see how it goes. I, I was. Was it narcissism? Is that it? Yeah. you a little narcissism. Well, I mean, when you're as pretty as you are, it, it's good. easy. I mean, I do look good. It's hard going out. All the time with this guy when we were growing up and being referred to as the funny one. <laughs> I was not the funny one. No. I was the guy. I, I was the uh, the guy who would jump on the friend grenade. <laughs> oh anyway, uh, all that aside, we reached out to some community members and hope to get some uh, kind of some fun little uh, uh, well wishes and two year anniversary love. And uh, we're going to go through a couple of those right now. Will's only heard one of these. I have. So I'm, I'm, I'm in just like you guys are. <laughs> the people in the chat room, though, uh, know exactly what's coming. There's a couple of you that know what's going to happen in a second. And I'm, I can't wait. Look at Will's face as a couple of these happen. It's going to be fun. So what I'm going to do is I'll play one. We'll talk about it. Play one. Talk about it. There's only five of them. Yeah. Three or four of them. So we'll go through that. Cool. Um, and these are some voices of our awesome people. Let's find the right clips here. Oh, I love live streaming. It's the best. We're going to start. We're going to start big. Start oh, big. Are we starting with the star? Look, if we don't start with the star. Why are they staying for the rest? They're going to be like, oh, these guys talking about. I know. Okay, right? So we're going to start with uh, a familiar voice. Here we go. Hi, this is Darren DePaul, the voice of Emperor Valcorion, And I'm wishing a happy two year anniversary to the usual podcast. Congratulations, Marshall and Will. Here's to even more years. Right? Dude. It- I, I still can't get over the fact that we're friends with Darren DePaul. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. Dude, dude he's awesome. I mean, I, I still, like, can't believe, like, at, at Comic-Con where I was, like, uh, I was going to a a, a, um, a stage thing at, at uh, Camp Carnival. Right. And he just sees me across the aisle, and he's like, Will, come on over. I haven't <laughs> seen him in a year. And he remembers my name, and I know you would just run into him. I ran into him on the street. Yeah, but randomly. he says, Will, come on over here. Yeah. And seriously, he sat next to me while we watched like five panels. Yeah. Like for four hours, he and I were sitting next to each other. Well, and just the year before that was pretty cool because we uh, we met him at the big SOTOR event. Yeah, we did. And that's where we met Jesse for the first time. Yes. And Master Lou for the first time and all these awesome folks in the community. And we had a blast. Uh, SOTOR had a big thing. And um, we we all kind of surrounded him. And talked oh, to him for seriously. like what we told an him, hour or so. Oh, I, yeah, we did not let him go. Yeah, it was and then cool. it was awesome that he that he showed up at the uh, passionately usual uh, Carillion Trap Cantina. Thank you, Carillion oh, Trap Cantina last I'm year. I'm never gonna forget that. I know, right? <laughs> and that was uh, that was awesome. And he stayed, and he and I had a really great discussion about uh, he and his wife because yeah. uh, I am a huge fan of musical theater, mm. and his wife is still a very prominent um, stage actress, and she did was she had done a lot of work at. Um, now I'm drawing a blank of it. Uh, it's solving yeah. where, uh, yeah. And Steve, oh, it's solving. Yeah. It's solving in Santa Maria. They have, oh, uh, yeah. uh-huh. Steve, if you're listening, you know, He's help me listening. out here. Anyways, um, it was great. And he, that's actually where she was performing and why she wasn't down at comic con. Totally. And, um, anyway, so special thanks, Darren DePaul. You're awesome. I, I hope we get to catch up with him at comic con this year. Oh um, yeah. Hopefully it was, it's a blast. And he, he, when I was emailing him back and forth, he said he was doing a bunch of audition 
uh, yeah, he audio. was. So I'm hoping. I mean, he was just in Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, he was in Final Fantasy. He was just in Ma- uh, Mafia Wars three. Yep. So it's it's pretty cool stuff. So thanks for that, and let's get to the next one. Hey, Will and Marshall of the Usual Podcast. Like this is Max and Seema of the Swotor Escape Podcast, and we wanted to give you a little shout out. I know your two year anniversary is coming up, and we wanted to say congrats. Yeah, congrats on two years, and here's to many, many more in the future. Absolutely. And I hope we get a chance to connect up and do some podcasting together again before long. Again, <laughs> congrats, guys, and we will catch you later. Dude, I really like those guys. I just finished their podcast right before we I showed up on my bike ride here, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, their latest episode was really good. Um, I like those guys a lot. They've been on the Galactic Gamers Coalition yep. a few times, and I just really like hanging out with them. So Yeah, Max and Zima are great. They're always yeah. uh, very knowledgeable and, and very uh, accommodating. So you ready for the fun? Oh, gosh. Is this going to really... No, there's two more. <laughs> is this the singing one? No, no. Okay. Not yet. Second, that's the last one. All right. Okay. Okay, ready? There's music with this one. You're going to love it. How epic is that, dude? Faster than an actually casual outfit change. More powerful than a beard at eight. Able to drink an IPA at a single chug. Look, live streaming on Twitch. It's a bumper. It's not a bumper. It's a usual podcast. Happy two-year anniversary. All the best in the upcoming year from Carillion on Radio. I have a good feeling about this. <laughs> oh, I love those guys. You know what's funny about that? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like the epic music. and <laughs> It's Superman. How can you be mad at Superman? Hold on. Wait. There's one more. <laughs> You're gonna... All right. I'm trying to keep it together. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. There's Sing involved. Oh, gosh. Will has not heard this, so look at his stupid face. The only one I had heard beforehand was Darren DePaul. Thank you to Carillion Run Radio. Yes, thank you, Carillion Run. Here we go. (laughs) I love this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Oh, thanks, Cut guys. But my birthday is until September. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, we're not singing to you, JT. We're singing to Will and Marshall. Yeah, that's right. The uh, usual podcast is turning two. There are only two? Well, that explains the temper tantrums and bedwetting. Seriously, though, the usual podcast puts on a phenomenal show, and they're always a treat to listen to. After you finish listening to Passionate Casual Podcast with its new segment in character about Star Wars The Old Republic roleplay, of course. Of course. of course. Happy birthday, uh, guys. Your second birthday uh, from our very dysfunctional family to yours. And here's to many more years to come. With love, Jesse. JT. Sakari. And Larry. <laughs> oh, man. I was, you know me, dude. I had a really hard time not laughing, like, literally out loud. Into my microphone because I didn't mute him. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. <laughs> I, I I I started off great with Jesse doing the Marilyn Monroe thing, and then with the boys coming in, it was a little little disturbing. Oh, but uh, awesome. but I, I do have to say that it is Marshall with the tantrums and me with the bedwetting. How dare you? 
Well, I just no, I'll take I'll take the tantrums. <laughs> I'll take the tantrums. No, but honestly, guys, thank you very much. I cannot believe you guys. You did a whole thing with Larry Everett and stuff. That that's I know, just that, awesome. that was brilliant, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. It makes us feel so welcome. Yeah, and 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 I know I asked you to do a thing, but honestly, like it does mean a lot that you guys would do that, and that I want to thank everybody. Uh, in this community for just being as helpful and welcoming as you have been all yeah, these last years. Absolutely. So thank you very much, guys. Um, so two years, dude, and we're going to keep going. Should we? It's just the beginning, my friend. Well, you say that, but it's been two years, so it's not technically the beginning. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, bumpers? Bumpers. I do love how Mox <laughs> said both of those were expertly edited, he must say. Of course, uh, I believe Mox was the editor on both those. Mox, I, I gotta say, um, those two last two clips, I, I've not, I don't think I've seen a better piece of editing, um, in a long time. Absolutely not. No, it's, it's, it's seamless. <laughs> oh, I love Mox. Okay, here we go. Oh, by the way, Swole Tour. Bumpers. Go. You want to fight? I'm ready. I will share all of this with you, if you will only kneel. I didn't do it. Well, thank goodness. It's a two-year episode. How dare you? I know, right? All right, man. So here we are, Star Wars The Old Republic. And um, it's weird that you're here and not over there. I know, it is a little weird. I just got to say, because I I feel like I got to kind of... No. I like looking at you. Oh. Who doesn't? You're beautiful. All right, moving on. Um, so community shout outs. I just listened to, it looks like we're tooting horns of back and forth. So episode 177 of Curling on Radio. Uh, the balancing act is what it's called. And I want to say thanks for the know, shout they, out. They've literally done twice as many episodes as we have. Oh, literally, but they've been long, around a long time. Literally. Anyway. Um, so thank you for the shout out and awesome episode. And of course, just listen to, uh, Soul Tour Escape podcast as well. Yep. And you guys are amazing people. And I want to give a shout out to Redna. He tried to help with my, with the issues we're currently having with Twitch. And I think um, it's mostly uh, Marshall's grasping of it and I'm Redna's teaching. Just kidding, buddy. Rude. Rude. Well, I'd rather be rude to you. It's true though. That's fine. All right. So let's, let's move on, dude. What you doing game this week, dude? Um, again, I'm, I'm continuing my, my achievement hunting and, uh, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, honestly, I still have to admit I've only done one chapter of Kotet, but I think that's the next thing on my list is, uh, is that, and I've almost got my Wampa up to level 50 finally. Um, he's at 48. And, uh, and actually, the, you know what I've been, uh, Just, can I give you the money to top no, it off? It's driving me crazy. No. Don't tell me it's 48 no. again. Just be done with it. It was 47 last week. All right. Moving on. Anyways, uh, the, the other one I'm actually living up is, uh, my Athorian. Mm. And he's up to 29 or something like that. Oh, good. That's it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I've done. Yeah, I haven't done much either. But what I've tried to do, um, is jump in and, and my fear is, you know how Wog, um, well, I'll talk about Wog in a second. You know how Wog does, uh, M- Imperial, then Republic, then. Right. And, well, at least know, they try, yeah. Well, we try to. But my issue is that I only have my Imperial, two Imperial tunes of 70. And my fear is that I don't really want to do pub side Wog with not and not get the CXP. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Since I don't play as often as I would like. Yeah, you wouldn't get the CXP. I want to get the CXP. So I'm, I'm wary to jump to pub side, but we might be a little short this week anyway, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, but the other thing I've been doing is trying to level that Merc. 
Um, and I really do like the Merc gameplay. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, well, I know it's a flavor of the month right now. Yeah, well, it is my note thing, kind of like OP'd and since the since 5.0 dropped, yeah, right? Okay, but yes, but that, I still my sniper's still my main. But I'm not even level 70, but it's just fun. Like, and, oh, I, yeah, and I like my bounty hunter. I have a power tech too, um, that I really like, but I haven't played that her in a long time. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. My, my sniper is my main, but my, uh, my bounty hunters is a lot of fun to play. Yeah. And since the patch, I have, uh, jumped in, saw how many command tokens or whatever I got. <laughs> it's not a lot. Um, uh, I'm only command rank 15, I think. So, um, I'm no 202 like some people. Um, I know, weird, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm, we have a lot of news to cover, but honestly, I have not been in game as much as I would like to be. Um, but you know, that's real life. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I've been working on some other projects and everything, but, um, I do want to say welcome to Lou, who's joined the chat. All right. Let's shut it down. Seriously, Lou's here. We got to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, but let's talk about Wog real quick. Um, Wog last week ran what? Dread Palace, I believe. Um, it was a lot of fun. We got through it. Um, and, and I'll, I'll give, I'll give Mox his props because I know he's sitting there waiting for me to say it. Um, I even took a video of it. So <clears throat> we got to the end of the op and everybody's tired and we're like, I just, I, I, I knew that if we wiped, we would be like, all right, we're not going to do the last boss. We're just going to be done. Did, did everyone run the lava? So here's what happened. Here's what happened. <laughs> okay. We get down to the last boss and a little bit more, right? And everybody's dead. Healers died early. <laughs> I, I stayed up as long as I could. I died. Everybody died. Mox is sitting there with his Merc and he just starts wailing on the freaking bosses, dude. <laughs> and like everybody's cheering him on, blah, blah, blah. And he's, I, he's by himself? By himself, alone. He takes down the last boss and like a quarter or a half, like by himself. Well, I videoed it. It was if, amazing. Okay. If there isn't a commercial for being, <laughs> for getting to command rank 212. 212. No, 212 now. They said two. You have to stop, Mox. That's too much. Two twelve. That is, too is much. it right there. Yeah, that's too when much. you can take on a, an ops boss, <laughs> final boss at the end by yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. No, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was just story mode, but it he did he did a kick ass job. So he saved us an entire I don't know thirty minutes of like, should we just do this? Should we do it again? So it was kind of nice. So anyway. like we uh, normally did with Terror from Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Terror from Beyond is I like, think I finally beat it in like the 15th time we tried it. It's too much, dude. It is. It's too much. Anyway, uh, so thanks to my WOG group. That was my first week back, um, and I was just stoked to be back, and it was a lot of fun. So, sweet. Here we go. Uh, let's get to some news, dude. I'm going to gloss over a lot of the stuff I have in the show notes right now. Yeah, a lot of it came out of um, the, uh, <clears throat> the live stream today, right? Yeah, but so the live stream happened today, which is going to be mostly what we're going to talk about i actually was able to watch the first half before you you know work got in the way so happens um but the cool thing is is that um up leading up to that after we recorded last week there was a bunch of stuff they gave a bunch of details about what ops bosses are going to get what gear um unassembled uh, where to get the unassembled uh what vendors to go to all that stuff so and the unassembled pieces and the token costs i'm just glossing over this because in my head, this is old news. We have, we have a trailer. We got all this other stuff to do. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move past it. All right. Um, but, uh, the one thing I wanted to cover though, which I thought was kind of funny. What's happening here? You're kind of funny. Thank you. Oh, I got to click on the link. 
you mean for it to work? Um, so somebody, uh, posted in the, in the, uh, in the forums and basically said, uh, try to figure out what's going on with the changes. So, um, one of the things that came out of before the, I guess before the, how do you want to say it? Before the live stream, people were concerned about companions again. They said, you know, you said you're going to focus on ops content, but, uh, are we going to get companions back? Are you done with story for the year because you said well, yeah, you're I mean, focusing on... Because there's still a ton of very popular companions that haven't come out. And before they did the live stream today, they actually literally said operations. So, right. we, so people kind of had in their head that that's coming, right? So that aside, um, he said, uh, Eric said a couple things. He said he made a few posts and he said, starting at 5.1, you can get unassumable pieces, blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, number two, he said, we definitely never said, um, that there's not going to be any new content, right? Um, although it's true that we're refocusing on group and MMO content, it doesn't mean there's not more story coming, which I'll get to that in a minute. And, um, actually quite the opposite is true. And when it comes to companions, he said, um, the personal goal is to ensure that all companions come back in a meaningful way. So yeah, with, so you can't flood the market basically with them or else they're not meaningful. Well, they could, well, they could, <laughs> they could just be like, all right, here's all your companions. And here's a stupid story that goes along with it with no voiceover and nothing right. cool happening. Right. Um, but they're not going to do that. So, uh, that was one thing that came out, uh, 5.1. We have, we got the patch notes for that. I'm not going to go through, all of the patch notes. And I know you're happy about that because you, you, yeah. you, you love patch notes. I, I know do. You do. Um, but a couple of things we did get the five, uh, new uprisings, which I mm-hmm. still have yet to do one, which I'd like to do at some point eventually. Yeah. Me too. Um, the new gearing changes came, um, a couple of things that did stand out to me though. Com- it says companions are no longer available. If you start a Knights of the eternal throne, chapter while partially through knights of the fallen empire i don't know what that means do you know what that means i'm sorry repeat that again it i was says, reading what lou's not having any sound but everyone else does okay anyways go ahead I'm not worried about lou right now <laughs> i'm just kidding i love you lou um so it says companions are no longer available if you start a knights of the eternal throne chapter while you partially or through the knights of the fallen empire so i guess what it means is if you start one and you were already doing another then you know how sometimes you can't use certain companions? Well, yeah, like it would make sense if that you can't use, say, um, Koth in Kotet if you haven't finished uh, Kotfi yet. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. We're guessing. Um, so anyway, Dark vs. Light meta achievements have been granted to players who earn them. I did not, I have not logged in and checked this yet, but those are the achievements that everybody was upset. Well, I was upset too, that were gone. Yeah, all the DVL stuff. Yeah, so now they're back. That's cool. Well, in some capacity, I don't know the. Yeah, actually, of it. I haven't. I didn't even think about checking that since uh, since Tuesday. So I'm gonna have to check that when I get home. Indeed. Um, let's see. There's a couple other things I just wanted to throw out here. Oh, <laughs> T7 customizations now appear in cinematics, which I guess if you customize them, he would just appear as normal. Yeah, well, like I've I've got my T7 uh, R2 colored. And there's some controversy about this. Uh, Shay Vizla was one of those companions that. For some reason, because of a bug, you were able to uh, give her different gear, and they, oh right, which was not intended, and so they changed it, and people were like, "Bring it back," and they're like, "Well, it was a bug, right?" So, yeah, but it's happening. like one of those painless bugs. Well, 
for some people. I mean, I mean, I, I get like, it, especially if you're role playing though, and that was your. Yeah, I mean, like I, I actually like the companions. That, I mean, even though it doesn't change your stats, I like to dress them differently. Yeah, well, and you can't do that with any of the uh, any of the new ones, right? You know. Um. All right. So let's get to. I mean, come on. What if I want to see Shay in a slave <laughs> lay outfit? There's some controversy over the bolster, which I'll get to in a minute. The bolster in PvP, and I don't know enough about it, so don't get all crazy on me. But um, cinematic changes and stuff like that. I feel like there was one other thing I want to talk about, but I might be over it. Um, I think you're over it. Oh, I know, because you love patch notes so much. So let's <laughs> move on. Um. So there's some known. There was definitely some known issues that came with this last patch and again this came out on tuesday they've actually they did brought a, the servers down they had a two really, more times actually. yeah they did a really uh, like a half hour long patch today yeah and it literally just took my computer like 45 seconds to upgrade yeah no it's all super quick stuff um so new uprisings uh let's see they were not available in so when the patch went live they weren't up they weren't available in uh what you call it in group finder so, oh, yeah, I heard So about they that. put the five new uh, ones in, and then they just weren't there. So that was the first fix. And then, of course, players who acri- uh, acquired Shea Vizsla prior to game update 5.1 have had their weapon and customizations uh, unequipped. The equipment can be found in the player's inventory. So that was just one of the things. The big thing is, is that... Um, so it was maintenance to the bolster. Let's talk about bolster just really quick. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. So what they did was so those who are unaware in game update 5.1, they may change the following, uh, to bolster. Um, bolster now improves players, uh, 232 item rating and that's down from 250. And so basically what Eric says is the change, uh, raised quite a few questions from the PvP community is why we made it. Uh, I spoke with the team about it, and I wanted to start by confirming that this change is intended. And there was a lot of people who were saying, change it back, change it back, change it back. They're not going to change it back. They meant well, to do this. Well, maybe the, the 250 was why Mox was able to beat the boss. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. There was a lot of contributing factors to Mox being able to beat that boss. But um, So they released, uh, let's see, uh, the goal of bolster is that it gives a player a minimum bar of power. That is so that they can enter PvP and not be so far behind someone who's at maximum gear. Um, and the reason, reason, uh, they move bolster down from, uh, down to, to 32 item rating is because it's rating relative to the base gear of the game, which is 242. Okay. So that means that someone with brand new gear entering into a war zone is at worst 10 item rating away from the best geared player. Okay. Gotcha. That's the reason they did it. Now, obviously, um, people are coming out and basically saying like it should be about skill, all this stuff, and it shouldn't matter in gear. But you know, you know, it is what it is. I I don't know what to do about PvP. I haven't played PvP in so long. Okay, playing as a sniper in PvP. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I tend to I'm, I'm squishy and I tend to get killed no matter what I'm doing. So. It's like here, let me set up and start my uh, my ambush. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, and Mox is saying that the the rage over PvP is real. Yeah, um, that's the reason I don't play PvP right now. It's a lot. Of, there's there's well, a lot of rage you know, out there. A lot of PvP is rage, anyways. Mm, well, and we're overgeneralizing Mox. We are, of upset. course. But honestly, guys, I, I I like PvP. I like lobby PvP. I like no pressure PvP. I did enjoy you know when we was near the end of DVL. I did a lot of lobby PvP mm-hmm. to level up, and that was a lot of fun. I have not. I've yet to jump in and do high level PvP because I'm just like, I just know people are going to be mad at me. 
Well, I, I, I just remember I uh, people, be before, mad. luckily, you know, I, we had uh, the, the community help me out to finish off my flashpoints for yeah. DVL. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, to pug them, and I got pull, pulled into this group, and literally it was like into the first trash mob, and they kicked me because they said I wasn't doing enough damage. And I'm like, I was You're doing- not good enough, dude. That's why you got kicked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, a cool upside before we get to the live stream, because that's what everybody's waiting for. Um, you know how the character transfers have been 90 cartel coins back? It's a sale, right? Right, because then they upped them, and then they've got a lot of outrage, and so they cut them back down to 90 again. Indeed. So the uh, people were asking, so when is it going to end? Right. Apparently it was supposed to, and it kind of did, and then it's not. It's just going to be there indefinitely. Really? So can I yeah. get a refund for all the times I that nope. you made me transfer around? That's a noob. So um, it says, <laughs> Shh, Eric, Eric says, we're going to be leaving the discounted transfer costs as is for the foreseeable future. I will be sure to give you all of the all of you at least a week notice um, if they're going to put it back up again. So, okay. But that's kind of cool because, I mean, honestly, this is the difference between... Uh, I mean, it's not better than cross server, obviously. No, <laughs> but it is uh, a way Trademark. for people to easily be able to go back and forth uh, servers without a whole lot of cost. Exactly. So that's kind of cool. Um, I'm glad they're doing that. I think that's a smart choice. So should we talk about the live stream? Um, yeah, sure. What do you think? Um, well, as the being the first live stream I've actually been able to watch in like you know a month and a half. Um, it was cool seeing them online again, and I, it actually got me excited. I was able to watch it to the point where they announced the op. And everybody went nuts. And then, of course, I got called away from my desk, so I couldn't watch anymore. Yeah, I watched 20 minutes, and then I went back later and watched the rest of it. Um, so, in a nutshell, this was the big one. This was the one everybody was really waiting for. This is where right. they, leading up to it, they talked about ops a little bit, um, and they said that's something they're focusing on. Yes. So, uh, the stream goes on. Um, really, they are, um, I'm gonna bring up, uh, Dolphy's rundown because that was a Dude, little Dol- bit Dolphy's a Dolphy's always on top of everything. Well, that's why she's there. Yep, Dolphy's awesome. So let's move on. Let me bring this up. Okay, so it says, so community topics, um, they talked about, uh, they're still trying to work on, uh, gearing for alts and they're still monitoring all that stuff. Um, they are fully aware that legacy has been brought up quite a bit. And this is something that I, I know I emailed, um, Musco about. And I just said, just make command rank legacy. Like that would just make it kind of alt friendly again. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I can totally understand that. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that, uh, they're aware of. They're still monitoring. They're still working on it. Right. Um, but we have new story coming and it's, uh, 5.2. And it is the war for Iocath. Iocath. Yeah, me. I'm actually excited about this. I haven't dealt with Iocath yet because I, like yep. I said, I've only done one chapter of Kotet. But yeah, um, and but it's, I'm excited about this content. No, it's going to be cool. I think uh, there's a couple companions coming back. Quinn and um, what's the other one? Uh, Alana Alardorn. Alardorn. Um, so they're coming back. Uh, we've got group content coming um, as well, which we'll talk about here in just a second. And they're hoping in the next couple of weeks to get uh, um, the public test server or the closed PTS and then the public test server going awesome. in the next couple of weeks. So that's pretty cool. Um, so community topics, uh, players feel that gearing is still taking too long. Um, and yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I don't know. You're about the same place I am gearing wise, right? Yeah. Uh, command about, rank, I'd yeah. say. My issue, I think, is that um, it just takes forever. 
And one of the things they're going to implement, um, which I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, um, an event is going to run here pretty soon, is what yes. they said towards the end of the stream. An event's going to run to where, it, let's say, the example they gave is, let's say you're used to earning um, a command rank every hour in the in the way that you play. So let's say you play heroics, every hour you get a command rank, right? Let's just, I'm using it yeah, as an example. As an example. You're giving me the face, but I, I got what you're saying. Um, so they're trying to cut that in half. Okay. So they're trying to double how often right. they want it to be stuff. more frequent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, they also said that, uh, with operations, they're still working on that, trying to make that command rank viable, of course, as well. First week of April, uh, if they can do an early, early, or do a March release, they'll try. That's for the 5.2. So that's the goal right now. Um, let's see. You know, really quick, I want to mention IOCath is, uh, you know what I think would be awesome is if they could uh, ever somehow work a cross thing with Fallout. And so, because since IOCath, since IOCath's a radiated planet, we get down there and we start running into to people and get the soda and everything. Okay. Not happening, but you know, yeah, well, Wall I mean, of Crazy. It's all right, dude. I like Wall of Crazy. Um, all right. So walk mas- around, give people a thumbs up. <laughs> this is going to be Master Mode Uprisings. Uh, and that is. That's coming. That's with 5.2. Yep. Uh, new storyline. Uh, and I'm just going to read this. Return to Iocath. Um, scouts from the Alliance, Republic, and Sith have all arrived on Iocath. You, as an Alliance commander, need to pick which side you will be on and take the super weapon. Uh, you can side with the op- opposite faction from your starting faction, i.e., Empire- Imperial players can side with the Republic and vice versa. I think that's very cool. Yeah. And... And this is something a lot of people have been saying, like, when are we going to get back to Republic versus Empire, right, kind of stuff. Yes. And so I think this is kind of them messing with that a little bit. Um, and so no, new storyline for that, returning companions, we already talked about it, Quinn and Alara. Um, but with Quinn and Alara, you don't get them both. No, no. You only Depends get on Quinn you if you pick Empire. You only get Alara if you pick Republic. And I'm glad you said that. And that's a thing. And you have to make a choice. And, of course, because choices matter. You will have the choice to brutally murder probably either one or the other one. Yes. Um, which actually, you know, it's, it's funny because I'm trying to get all my companions and everything doing yeah. my achievement hunting. And I realized that, uh, I killed Brunemark and, and didn't. Spoilers. Sorry. Joking. And I didn't, uh, recruit, uh, Zalek. Well, you blew it. I did. I'm going to have to do it with my other tunes, but. Ah, I can't do that. <laughs> that kind of time. All right. So, um. <laughs> So new daily area. So all of this is going to yeah, end up in a, in a daily area, which I'm happy about. I actually did black, te- uh, black talent. Um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, black hole, black hole. I did black hole the other day again. Yeah, you know, I did through the, through the, uh, I did planetary. Sec- yeah, I did section X to the planetary thing and I also did Oricon. Yeah. And this, this new daily thing with the, the storyline, it's sounding a lot like Oricon where there's a story to take you through it or you have in four where there's a story to take you through it. And then you get the dailies that come out of that. Um, I'm just hoping it's a little bit more content than Oricon was. Um, but I'm guessing it's the same sort of thing. So new, uh, let's get to the big one, dude. New operation. Okay. Yes. New operation. And the um, boss looks incredible. Yeah, no, the pictures were cool. Everything was cool. So the controversy, shocking. There's a controversy. Right? Give us an op. An op. We're giving you an op. We and don't you, want your op. <laughs> and you texted me uh, part way through the stream, I know, because we were in different parts of campus. And you're like, the the chat is crazy. I can't take it, dude. It's like everybody's everybody's chanting. They want more ops. They want more ops. And that's typical, yeah. right? Um, so then they get to the part where they're talking about ops. 
Yeah. And then it was like, we don't want that op. <laughs> so then they say, they, they do the story part, they lead up to it. And then ultimately what they're coming down to is they said, they asked a bunch of people and they said, is it better to come out with a fully, full five boss op at the end of the year? Or should we do a boss? Okay. Uh, every couple months until the end of the year, right? To lead up to a full op. Now I get why people will be upset about this, but at the same time, um, I just, I, <laughs> okay. Well, you know what I like about it as somebody who doesn't uh, yeah, actually, uh, you know, doesn't rate a lot, right? I only do walk when I actually have a connection. Mm. Um, is, I mean, this is obviously once it's all complete, it, what are you laughing at? I don't know. I just thought about something. Go ahead. Once it's all complete, it's going to be like, it's going to be long, like scum and villainy long, right? And so it kind of made, I like the I don't idea. It's coming villainy long, but. Well, it's five bosses, and if they're going to be doing it over the year, they're going to have to make it a little bit longer content. So what I'm, okay. I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. Right. And so what I like about this is this actually works for like progression raiders because they're like, okay, well, we can work on this part and upgrade to, and then we can work on this part, which yeah. is what you usually kind of do when you're doing it anyways, but it's not all shoved down your throat at once. But you also don't get the, uh, I think the problem that people are having is once, like, especially if you're playing story mode, that first boss is not going to be very difficult. It'll take you a couple runs, you get through it, and then you're done. And then how long do you have to wait for the next one? And then... I'm guessing it's going to be about six weeks. Eh, okay, that's great. And then you get the next one. If they're bringing out all three difficulty modes with it, I can see that being something. Yeah. But you know they're not doing that. At well, best, it's going to be uh story mode and vet mode. That's my guess. What they could do, I mean, even if they do do that, what they can do is instead of just having like the first boss be like really, really easy as you normally do, up the difficulty of all the bosses as you go through and you still have to kind of work at it. I get you, man. Um, so let me, let me do this. So the first operation boss is Tithe. Tithe? Yes, Tithe. Um, the god of rage in the Zagulian pantheon. Okay. Yes. The same guy who designed the Revan fight also designed Tithe, which is pretty cool. Um, this operation will be on the PTS, hopefully Which means it's going to be mechanics heavy. And, and that's fine. And again, um, I think this is, I think all of this is fine. And I would rather have something new and like, okay, so let's say we form walk. We do a story mode. We run through tithe. We bust that out. Okay, cool. Now what do we do? We do go do something else, right? Yeah. And then we see how, what it's like to do the first two bosses. Now I can see the issue with, that people would have with this. Obviously. Yes, I can totally see. I can totally understand that. If you were that coming, no, coming from my point of view, though, okay. I'm thinking as a progression group, you're like, okay, well, you know, would you rather wait, you know, a year and a half for another op, or would you much rather be like, okay, well, you know, every six weeks you're gonna have a brand new content to try, yeah, and during that six weeks you can put in a rotation of like your five favorite ones to to keep working through, yeah, and or you can just you know work up through. The other ones, you know what I mean? No, I do, man. And I, I think my biggest, I think my biggest thing though is I feel for the people who are upset that I don't get a whole op. But if they were to come out during the stream and say, you're going to get a full op. Okay. It's going to be in November. Yeah, they would have been even worse, more upset. There'd be so much rage quitting. It wouldn't even be funny. Right. Now, they're rage quitting because they don't get they get a fifth of an op, right? And, okay, and 
Okay, I'm going to flip it, flip the script here a little bit. I'm going to think about it from Bioware's perspective. Okay. Okay. If you are a raid group and you're waiting for an op that's coming in November, you're just going to unsub until September, October, and you're going to get the benefits of before the op, right? Yeah. All the the pre-order benefits, right? But if you do one that's going to be every six weeks for five things, that's you're going to be subbed every single month. Or just wait, and, and and one of the things they brought up in the in the stream is they said, you know, you just, just yeah, wait till November and you'll get the full. Hop. Or wait till two or three bosses drop, yeah, and and don't bother with it. I mean, there's a lot of ways to approach this. I get where they're coming from. I get why people are upset. I'm gonna stay in the middle. I don't really care either way. Yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not much of a raider. I'm just playing devil's advocate on both sides. Yeah, I like I like raiding. I I really do. Um, but I don't do it more than one time a week, and that's just that's how I play. So. Oh, that's an interesting comment, GT, is that he says every time they release a new boss, it needs to drop the guarantee drops for the final boss. That's a that's a nice way to, to kind of make it um you know worth it. Yeah, and that could uh get the and especially uh I guess depending on the difficulty mode too, if it wasn't a total K walk, I mean it would be something that ops groups would be farming, but at the same time, it's a way to to do a one boss drop. That'd be kind yeah, of well cool. it's also not gonna make it where it's gonna take you, you know, nine months to up uh, to get the full gear or whatever yeah and i and i really i really think um that they that they need to release all the difficulties if not the first two difficulties with each drop i just i just honestly think that if they don't like if they only do story mode for the first one no one's gonna play you know right well, they'll play it and then they won't go back to it until the next boss comes and they or another difficulty mode. actually you know? mox just put up a little schedule here yeah. makes a really good point of doing you know uh with release one doing the boss in story mode and veteran mode. Yeah. And then release two doing boss two in story mode and veteran mode. Boss one gets master mode. Yeah. I think that's a great way to do it. Sure. I'm with you. Um, well, we spent a lot of time in Soul Torque. Yeah. Let's uh, get um, on to uh, some stuff. We Star have Wars. a lot of other things to do. So, um, I want to thank, uh, our Soul Tour peeps for, uh, for being here and, uh, in case you guys take off. Um, but at the same time, uh, thank you. And the Swotor community in particular for just uh, being there for us and supporting us and podcasting with us and 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 all that. So yeah, absolutely. Thanks I'm feeling for, very sentimental. It's our two year episode. I might cry. Yeah, yeah. Cry. Seriously, thanks a lot. I mean, you know, we, we've been playing for over five years since beta, um, but and and you were part of the 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 podcasting and blogging community long before I was. Sure. Um, before you pulled me and kicking and screaming, and <laughs> now you've like, got me on camera. Game, Come on, I mean, play the game. <laughs> Seriously, you know, actually, this is coming from an MMO noob. I mean, I never played I an MMO before this. Trust me, I know, dude. But now you've got me on camera looking pretty for the entire world. So, you, you know. You look amazing. Marvelous. All right. Time for Star Wars, dude. Pew, 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 pew. I was raised to do one pew, thing. Pew, pew, pew. But I've got nothing to fight for. All right, so here we are, dude. Uh, Star Wars. Uh, we have some really. This is this is gonna be one of those episodes where we get to speculate. I know and, we love speculating, and, and I'm really excited. So let's get all this other stuff out of the way first. So books. Yeah, there's a, actually it was just announced. <laughs> let's start with the books. Yeah, there, it was just announced, I believe, yesterday yeah. or this morning that um they are doing the you know Rogue One has been a lot more popular than they expected it to be. 
I mean, we'll get to that here in a minute about what it's done at the box office. But um, there's actually been a, a big um, push for trying to get to learn more of Jen Erso's backstory. Indeed. And, you know, we're getting Saw Gerrera's backstory through Rebels. It was a cool episode, by the way. Yeah, which I actually still haven't watched. <laughs> I'm a little bit behind. But, you know, we got a little bit of him in, in uh, Clone Wars. Now yeah. we're getting him in Rebels. We're kind of learning how he became the man he is in, in Rogue One. All right. But what I love is that uh, they got Beth Revis to write a young adult book. Um, that's going to be the backstory of the time that Jenner, So, and Saw Gerrera were together. So it's basically going to cover from when she was like, what, six? Yeah, something like that. Uh, to when she was 15, I think, is when she left. So yeah. it's going to cover like that decade. Um, it's going to be called Rebel Rising, and it's going to come out May 2nd. That's badass, dude. Yeah, I'm excited because I really like, I mean, I'm, I'm actually not a huge Saw fan, but yeah. I loved Jen. And I want to see how she developed into the, the rebel as she is. Uh, watch that Rebels episode yeah. before we record next week. Will do. And tell me, uh, I, I, I don't like him more, <clears throat> but I get him more. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, it was a cool episode. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, def- I mean, I, I've got them all at home. I just need to watch them. Totally. Um, all right. So I have some in here. We have a synopsis for Thrawn. Oh, did we finally get a synopsis for oh, Thrawn? Oh, oh, this is this the- is uh, you know uh, um, Timothy Zahn coming back. Oh, this is this is, and look at the category, space opera. Well, that's exactly what I know, Star Wars is. But, but that it's just it makes me so happy. It tugs your heartstrings. I know. So uh, let's see. In this definitive novel, readers will follow Thrawn's rise to power, uncovering the events that created one of the most iconic villains in Star Wars history. One of the most cunning and ruthless warriors in the history of Galactic Empire, Grand Admiral Thrawn, is also one of the most captivating characters in the Star Wars universe. From his introduction, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's get to the synopsis. Sorry, I thought that was a synopsis. Let's move on. So after... After Thrawn is rescued from exile by Imperial soldiers, his deadly ingenuity and keen tactic, tactical abilities swiftly capture the attention of Imperial Palpatine. And just as quickly, Thrawn proves to be as indispensable to the Empire as he is ambitious. As devoted as the most loyal servant, Darth Vader, and a brilliant warrior never to be underestimated. On missions, a route smuggler, snare spies, and defeat pirates, he uh, triumphs time and time again. Even as it his renegade methods infuriate superiors while inspiring ever greater admiration from the empire. As one promotion follows another, his rapid ascension into greater power, he schools his trusted aide, Ensign Ellie Vanto. Is that how you say it? I'm guessing. Uh, in the arts of combat and leadership and the secrets of, uh, claiming victory. But even though Thrawn dominates the battlefield, he has much to learn in the arena of politics where ruthless administrator, uh, Aranda Price holds the, Power to be potent ally or brutal enemy. So yeah, you know, actually, I'm really excited about this because um, the Thrawn that we were introduced to back in the day, yeah, um, took place after uh, uh, after Jedi, yeah, right. So it's it's still about ten to fifteen years in the in the future from where we are now with Rebels, right? Oh no, actually, it's yeah, about right. So um, so what I love is we're kind of getting that we're getting the backstory too. What I'm hoping is when Rebels eventually ends, like we talked about, I believe it was last week or the week before, how we want it to end. Well, I personally yeah. want the last episode of Rebels to end with the ghost in the Battle at Scarif. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. And what at the same time, we'll find out, because um, they could easily pull in the whole uh, Thrawn trilogy as canon, if they choose to, depending sure. on how this book works out. But if Thrawn is right, if, if Zahn is writing it, he'll be able to set it up to do that. And we'll also find out if they bring that in, how he was 
banished to the outskirts of the galaxy, so right. he wasn't there for the battle at Endor. Right, right. And I, I, I don't know. I'm very excited about the Thrawn thing. Well, uh, Thrawn's your favorite character. I mean, that's why well, all your Swotar characters are Chiss. Yeah, there's, there's a reason for that. <laughs> um, I hope that they focus a little bit more on his, and, and they kind of alluded to in the synopsis, a little bit of his warrior, like, actual melee warrior stat. Like, you, you get the sense that he'd be pretty good on the battlefield, too. Yeah. But... Most of the time you see him, it's a tactical thing. Oh, yeah. You know? You can definitely, you know, I would like to see him where I want to see him kick someone's butt. Yeah, where it's kind of like, you know, gladiator. Yeah. And not... Just wail on somebody. Yeah. You want tactical... Yeah. Blue skin, shirtless, just wail on somebody. Too much? Uh, I think the shirtless is a little too over yeah, the top I threw it you. out there. There it is. Awesome. Moving on. All right. So, episode eight. Let's go to this. Um... So Lucasfilm has come out very recently and said uh they are they they're all talking they're trying to figure out what to do with Leia. With Leia. Right. Uh one thing they came out and said they will not do is they're not going to bring her back in CG for episode 9. Okay, well and I think And they said th- that definitively. Yeah, even though that did work for uh, for Rogue One, I think it would just be too in bad taste. Yeah. To do it for I think I think it would the fear would be that it would defy, de- divide uh, the Star Wars fan base in in a way they don't want, even more you know? than they are so now. Yeah, and and I think I honestly what I think they should do is what we were talking about the other day is just write her out somehow. Yeah, like it's very similar to what they did with uh, Clemenza between Godfather One and Two. It's like something happened to her, someone makes a comment and move on. Right. Uh, also, what they did with uh, Robert Duvall between Godfather Two and Three. Exactly. Obviously, they'd have to rewrite Nine if she had a heavy role in Nine. Absolutely, you know, but you know, we haven't gotten to the point to where they're starting to film nine either. Right. Well, so. of course, we all and and it it really would make that easy because um, Ryan Johnson is doing both eight and nine, both writing and directing. Yeah. Or I mean, writing. Uh, Colin Trevorrow is directing, but um, he's writing it, so it'll be easier for him to do the script. Plus, we also had rewrites on Force Awakens and right. Rogue One, and it's possible, and they're going to do it, and it's going to be fine. The other thing is, uh, Carrie Fisher uh, is going to have a memorial gala. Awesome. At, at uh, Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, I hope it uh, raises money for um, mental illness because that was her big thing. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that's what it's going to be. And uh, so let's get to the big one, dude, while I change this uh, other thing here. Yeah, well, we finally got a title. Indeed. What um, do you think? Uh, what do I <laughs> What do I think? Is that a real question? Hold on a second. All right. Well, let's just say it. The, the title for episode eight is going to be The Last Jedi. And I love how Star Wars is in red. Yeah. So what do you think of that? First of all, I like the red. I do. A lot. What does the red mean? We, it's speculation time, dude. Don't get all quiet on me. So we have we have we have Star Wars, The Last Jedi. We have a red for the first time ever. We have a different color. Star Wars. For Luke the first Skywalker's time ever. blood will drip through Kylo Ren's okay. hands. All right, all right, let's dial it back. So, but but I'm with you, dude. Like, I don't I don't know what to think of it. I don't know what to think of a, the red text. We've never seen a different color text. It's always been yellow. Yeah, it, it's or the it's, gold or whatever you want to say. Yeah, it's it's uh, I like it. Is this a um? Okay, second. It's the second episode in the trilogy, yes. right? And we what we know from. Empire Strikes Back, obviously, is the darker of the two. Yes. You you might be right. Red might symbolize blood or whatever you want to say. But do you think... So let's let's talk about what most people are talking about, which I've made a point of not diving into this too far. Right. Um, Jedi, obviously, is plural. 
Can be. Can be plural or it can be singular. What do you think they're implying with the last Jedi? Are they talking about Luke? Are they talking about the last Jedi coming up? Are they talking, are, are we going to talk, are we talking about the history? Are we talking about the past where the last Jedi are the ones that Luke is training and then we're going to get the history between Kylo Ren and all this other stuff? Um, that's kind of my mindset right now is that we're going to get, okay. So cause at the end of chat of chapter, at the end of, uh, episode seven, we get Ray handing the lightsaber to Luke. I can see well, that trying to hand him trying to. Well, he's not taking it. It's annoying. Um, but you get this. I I get this idea of like, well, why not go to some? And I know Star Wars doesn't do a lot of flashbacks, and we've talked about this a lot. But this could be an ample opportunity to be like, all right, when he takes the lightsaber, he starts remembering. He starts remembering, you know, these Jedi that he was trying to train. One of them is Kylo Ren. And then the offshoot of the Knights of Ren and all this stuff. And it spirals out from there. And the last Jedi ends up being him again. Right. Right. Because he was the last Jedi in the, the first trilogy. Yeah. And they actually reference, I mean, there, there's numerous lines where the last Jedi is, ref, is referred, right? Like, uh, Mogs made a great point. He said, you know, oh. it's referred to by Yoda. Um, oh, episode three was red too, I guess. Um, so Mox br- uh, brings it up that it was, uh, said by Yoda. But it was also, um, I believe said by Obi-Wan at one point. And then also it was actually in the scroll for Force Awakens. It said Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi. Okay. Yeah. And so I don't know. What do you think? Um, I'm less concerned with actually who the last Jedi, Jedi is or who they are. I mean, whether it's plural or whatever, I'm actually less concerned with that. I'm more intrigued by the idea of how people are putting it into a sentence where what if do you, you mean? if you, uh, look at, uh, where did I put it? Um, I, I don't okay. know if I did. I, it might have been that one. I don't, or I might not have even put it. But basically, what they did is if you put the logos for The Force Awakens and uh, The Last Jedi together, yeah, that's not it. The Last Jedi together, and it starts a sentence of The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. It could be. Some uh, people okay. are saying that The Force Awakens in, in Rey and she becomes The Last Jedi. Okay. Or it's that. Luke is reawakened from his sabbatical and he's the last shadow. But people are okay. thinking that it's becoming a sentence of that episode nine, whatever it's, it's called, be end of the will be a, it'll end up being a full sentence. And I think that would be very meta and very cool. That's kind of cool. I think I like that. And I think that's very something that JJ Abrams, who comes from, did some work in Lost. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, oh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. That they could think very meta like that. All right. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, we obviously don't know anything. Um, and uh, there's plenty of speculation out there. Um, I, and, and I'm with, I'm with Jem in the chat. I, I think it is going to be more Luke. I think it's going to be, uh, uh, more about him trying. I, I know we're, I, I have a feeling we're going to get what he was trying to do. Absolutely. Right. Before we catch up with the events in episode seven yeah i think they're they're gonna bring in the whole uh, jedi academy thing that he was starting and bring that in from little bits and pieces from the jedi academy series in the books which is him having a couple of fallen uh oh uh, absolutely including um, um uh leia and han's kid yeah jason yeah um which they could kind of pull some of that into Kylo. Exactly. But, um, what I like about that is I actually do also think it's going to be focused on, on Luke. Yeah. Um, but what I would love is, um, if he dies at the end, 
because he's very close to dying at the end of Empire. Right. And they just bring that full circle, and he dies, and he's a Force ghost like uh, Obi-Wan was throughout the rest of it. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I Obviously, we don't have enough. <laughs> we have this. We have we have words. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, honestly, would be one of my favorite things that they could do is we already know that Luke has some sort of connection to Obi-Wan's Force Ghost. Um, he sees Yoda's Force Ghost in Anakin's Force Ghost at the end of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we also know that the first person, the first Jedi to discover how to become a Force Ghost was Qui-Gon. Yep. I think it would be awesome if they brought in a little, a little cameo of, of uh, Liam Neeson okay. and did a Qui-Gon force ghost. And that's because you, you got to remember, he was also one of the people who was deemed to be too much of a rebel to be on the Jedi council. Interesting. Very much like I think Luke would be a teacher like that. And so if they brought that in, especially if it like was to talk to Luke, to talk to Luke. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because like you got to remember it's his, ma- it's his master's master. Yeah. So. No, no, I, I, I think that would be interesting. Um, I don't know, man. I they could really go a lot of different places with this. And the Last Jedi, I think, I would, and part of me, and and this is the uh, storyteller love of cinema and epicness of of things. I would really like to see the Last Jedi refer to, uh, Ray, right? Ray, right? Starting like grabbing a bunch of different, you know, starting to learn from Luke. Will montage or something, learn from Luke and then be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up where you, I'm going to pick up what you started. Like, I'm going to like kind of, kind of that whole thing, right? I'm going to, I'm going to continue this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to find the force sensitive people out there and I'm going to start what you failed to do. And hopefully I can do it right this time kind of thing. You know, honestly, one thing that I would love is, you know, obviously once they overthrow the empire at the end of Jedi and Luke, starts to try to build his academy. He's obviously, he doesn't want to be the only teacher. He's obviously going to be looking for established Jedi. I think that would be the best opportunity for them to bring Ezra Bridger in. If he survives. Rebels. I really hope I, I secretly in the next couple episodes or something or the spinoffs, I, I want to see them bring in rebels. I, yeah, well, see I mean, you have to, something. I mean, you have to think about it. That Ezra Bridger is about Luke's age. Yeah. Because he's a mid teenager in Rebels, and by and the time we get to to A New Hope, he's about eighteen to twenty. Yeah, man. But this goes back to what we were talking about the other day, and I know for a f- I I just I I feel like at the end of Rebels, there's like Rebels is going to be over either this season or the next season, right? right? And like you were saying, yeah, it's going to end up, it's going to wrap up right about A New Hope. But what I'm saying is, I don't think the Force sensitive people are going to be there at that fight. Does that make sense? I feel like Ezra and Kanan. And Ahsoka, if she comes And Ahsoka, if she's there, are going to be somewhere else doing something else, maybe dead or gone, when that battle's happening. Oh, you know what actually would really tie in nicely? Is what if they're the ones that chase uh, uh, Thrawn out of the galaxy? And they are on that journey... While the whole Skywalker saga started, and they then Luke bring and Kanan dies, mm-hmm. Ahsoka dies, and they and Ezra's the, the grizzled veteran about the same age as Luke though. Yeah, he's the grizzled veteran who helps uh, at the academy. Yeah, I I mean like I said, man, I I would like to see them tie all this stuff together. 
I have no doubt that the Star Wars story group is capable of it. Oh, absolutely. And I know they will. And I love reading the books and I love seeing what's going to happen. Let's leave it at that as far as The Last Jedi goes. Um, I, I do want to bring in one more thing. Oh, no, please. Oh, because absolutely. I just said you let's know, leave it at that. So just go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, no, say more things. Is that, um, you know, we still have that little gap between Empire and Jedi. Yeah. That um, was talked about in books, but is not in canon anymore. Where because Luke goes away, a untrained knight, and becomes a master. True. In that interim, what if in his leaving during that time he runs into Bridger? <laughs> I like that. And they and Bridger kind of imparts into him what he learned from Kanan. That's how Luke becomes a master. And so when Endor okay. have after Endor happens in the then uh, look, man. I'm in. I think it's just a way that they can bring it. And they don't even have to put that in a movie. That could be a book that's released. Indeed. All right. That's Are it. Let's Are you go. ready? Uh, look. I think I, you shut the hell up. <laughs> I don't want to. The, the problem is we could spin our wheels about this for the next hour. Oh, we could. But we have another hour of show that we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we have that much, but hopefully well, not. Well, you know, a half hour. So let's move on. Yeah, um, we, yeah we got some Rogue One news this week. Yeah, dude. Uh, One billion globally. Yeah, uh, Rogue One became the, the second... Uh, movie in a row to uh the second star wars movie in a row to pass a billion globally makes sense it i believe it hit 512 million uh domestically so 488 something uh internationally which is fantastic um it also makes sense it's not doing force awakens money of course not yeah i think episode eight will be closer to force awakens money um just because there's going to be the established stars again yeah um and knowing that this was a one-off, that you know we wouldn't get Jernosero, and again, and, and we we knew that going in that it was only going to be a one-off. I think that it had longer legs um, than I expected it to have because of the uh, the rewrites that they had to yeah. um, uh, to include the the Vader scene at the end and Leia at the end, which we'll actually get to a little bit about Leia here in a second. All right. Um, I think that helped it have longer legs because the word of mouth spread that, hey, it's not just this random band. Other stuff's coming in. Indeed. Um, so this thing, I didn't get through this article. Did, did you? Did you yeah, I did. I read it and everything. It's great. Okay. There's a, an article that came out on comicbook.com um, yesterday. It said, well, why was Princess Leia at Scarif? Because if you watched uh, the middle of Rogue One, the uh, the meeting that everyone had where they were debating whether they were going to uh, – try to uh reach out to jedi basically yeah. and mon mothma and bail organa were on the side say yes and bail says well i've got the perfect person that we can send to and that's why and you knew leia was going okay. it was un, it was unspoken but it was unheard of it was understood that it was going to be leia being sent to go find oh, okay that makes sense but the reason why she's at scarif and actually um i think it was uh pablo hidalgo actually i think is the one that came out and said this is said. No. That you don't see Leia at the meeting on um, Yavin 4, even though she was there. Yeah. Um, and the hint that she was there was that we saw 3PO and R2-D2. R2, yeah. And they end up on TNT 4. So that was the hint that Leia was actually at that meeting at Yavin 4. And Interesting. That's, but then on the way to Tatooine, they heard about the battle at Scarif, and that took their priority. Oh, And that's why they I went there, it. because okay. they were the only, one of the only uh, transport ships. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. That makes a lot more sense because I was I saw that article I was like well, I, I I yeah because it made that. no sense because it, why why say you're sending her off to Tatooine right and then all of a sudden she's at Scarif and it's like a, a total do, uh, you total know. departure from where she was supposed to be exactly right it just turns out they got the call cool 
Um, we did get an Academy Award nomination. Yeah, the Academy Award nominations came out this week. And uh, Rogue One got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, uh, Rogue One got nominated for... Uh, Two Academy Awards. Yes. There's, there's traditionally four that it possibly could have been nominated for. Um, uh, usually it's uh, sound mixing, sound editing, video effects, and video editing mm. are the standard ones that tend to go. I mean, like those are the four that um, uh, Phantom Menace were nominated for. Those are the four that The Matrix won. Yeah. Um, Speed actually won too. People forget. Oh yeah, yeah. It went for for sound and editing and mixing. Um, but it was uh, Rogue One picked up nominations for sound mixing and also for visual effects, which you totally understand. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I hope they win one. Yeah, I I think that they probably win sound mixing. Um, just because it's so technically difficult what they did. Um, not only visual effects with the with the um what they did with uh. Tarkin and with Leia, uh, but getting those voices overdubbed correctly and sure. mixing it and everything and make it realistic, that was brilliant. Um, I think the harder one for them to win is going to be visual effects yeah. because they're going to be going up against Doctor Strange. Yeah, Strange is nominated, which, which like, I didn't put in for later, but yeah, which Strange was pretty much, um, like Inception on acid with the way that they dealt oh, with yeah. their, their uh, staging. Plus, it was just phenomenally difficult. Um, also, an underrated one for visual effects we got nominated was Deepwater Horizon. Oh, see, I didn't see that. Um, which was good. It was, it was very, um, you know, it's Mark Wahlberg and, sure. and, uh, I love Wahlberg. Yeah. And he was great. And, you know, it's about the Deepwater Horizon, uh, oil catastrophe that happened in the Gulf a few years ago. Right. Um, and, uh, it, I mean, I watched it and the effects there were brilliant. Uh, let's get to this, uh, last thing before parks and then jump into our pop culture stuff, man, because we got to get moving here. We do. Um, the, in the episode of, uh, of Rebels, uh, yeah. Trial of the Darksaber, which I haven't seen yet. Um, Kanan actually references the Mandalorian Wars. Right. Now, what this does is it opens a door because it makes the Mandalorian Wars canon. Now, whether they choose to incorporate Revan as being part of those Mandalorian Wars, because he's the main catalyst because he right. goes from light to dark in that war. Um, but that's the first step to Revan being pulled into canon. What I find really interesting about this is this is what um, Disney is doing a very interesting job of going back and just like with a, I don't know the best way to say it, with like tweezers. Yeah. Going back and saying, okay, I'm going to take, They're being surgical. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this thing. They're being very surgical. And I'm not going to say I'm taking the things around it. I right. just want this thing. So I'm going to say like they Mandalorian took, Wars. It's like they took Bane and the rule <laughs> yeah. of two, but not the whole story. But not it. the other stuff, right? Exactly. And, uh, and, and Carpition's books are amazing. Yes. Like the, uh, the, the Bane stuff is, is really good. Yeah. And I, I agree, but I think what's even, um, bigger with this is that if you remember about a year ago when they started putting the Lucasfilm stamp on the Bioware products, yeah. Um, this shows that yeah, there was a, ma- a method to that. They were choosing to bring something from that because Mandalorian Wars was first referenced in Kotor, right? So it's uh, uh, so I mean, and and most and a lot of people are jumping the conclusion, obviously, like oh now you know the older public's canon. It's not. <laughs> no. Re- parts Sadly, of it, it's not. But parts of it are. Right. This is the equivalent to Thrawn being canon, but not the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, and JT said the second time mentioning Mandalorian Wars and the first. And, and they did mention Malachor in those Which other Which was episodes. a major right. aspect of it. But that's like referencing a place. Right. And not necessarily. Well, Malachor is a person, too. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, wait, no. 
No, Man- Malachor. Mandalore. Malachor is Malachor. the, the planet. Okay. So I'm getting all mixed up. Yeah. But, but yeah, I hear you. But anyways, um, it's great that they're just, they're, and you put it perfectly, they're being surgical with what they're doing. Indeed. Um, all right, man. So I had to throw this in here. Oh, absolutely. Parks news. You know, I like throwing parks at the end you of, do. of Star Wars. So, um, the electrical parade. We talked about this, what, a month ago? Yeah. That they or were, so. Um, that they're talking about coming back. Yes. And what do you think? Have you seen this yet? I have not. <laughs> I'm so happy about this, dude. All right. So this is on, this is on Nerdist. Um, and, and of course the person writing this has nostalgia about the, the, the parade. Is it coming back or not? Yes, it is coming back. I know, but where is the freaking, oh, um, no, they're just talking about stuff that's happening outside of it. Well, I'm over this article. I hate this article. It is poorly written, but it is coming back. Yeah. We know it's coming back, and we talked about it. I it is. Basically, it the article that he's talking about is uh, from Nerdist, and it talks about hate it. that there's uh, there's there's out there's things that are coming in regards to, for example, they have a popcorn bowl. They have a, a uh, look like an ice cream sandwich. They're going to be doing a pin, which there's shocker. Some confectionaries like, a, um, you know, Rice Krispie Treats. Exactly. Kind of Stuff like that. Um, yeah. I actually still remember from the, um, uh, the original time it left – uh, Disneyland and went to Disney World in 1996. I still have a light bulb for, that they were selling from the floats. Oh, really? Yeah. Look at you. Um, so we have a video here, and this is has to do. I don't know if you want to watch the video, but is this a new video? Uh, well, I don't know, man. I mean, this is. Uh, I don't think I've seen this one. Okay. Well, I mean, they did one a, a couple months ago. Okay. So there's new details about Mission Breakout, right? Which, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, theming that's taking over Tower of Terror. Indeed. Um, so as planned, the fun and thrilling Twilight Zone Tower of Terror ride, it does, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's basically taking Tower of Terror and replacing it with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And it's right? basically going to be a, 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 one of collector's building, the collector's building, and you have to escape. Um, and so it basically says the ride itself, it is saying, uh, rocket isn't one for thoughtful execution because its plans to shut down the generator means creature escape. Uh, elevator stop working, thus starts the adventure. Uh, <laughs> and to ensure visitors don't tire of it as well, there'll be multiple versions of the ride. Yeah, and so that's pretty cool. Yeah, what I love because it's basically Rocket is going to be uh, your guide as you uh, try to break out the rest of the Guardians. Right. But what I love about this is uh, that Funko, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, that Funko released three shorts. They're all about like 90 seconds each. Yeah. Um, and one of them was. Rocket breaking baby Groot out of the collector's oh uh, uh, vault. Adorable. I love it. All right, man. Should we get out of this? Yeah, it's uh, time to uh, talk about our giveaway. Those, those of you still with us, let's. Uh, I, I should have done this earlier, actually. Um, yep. But uh, I think we'll just move past it and I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, do we, we didn't talk about the Swotor superhero. We do not. That's what I was. So let's do it now. Okay. Hey. So those of you still with us and those of you listening after the fact, what we're doing, and I'm going to put some tweets up, uh, all this week leading up to next week's episode, um, for our two year anniversary and for awesomeness, I've got a ton of Swotor prizes. I've got some 30 day subs. I've got some, uh, 450 cartel coins, I'm giving away some uh, Star Wars uh, socks from Pippi's Long Stockings. Nice. I've also got a part of the grand prize is a Funko fully intact box. Nice. Um, which is a Smuggler's Bounty, which has a it has a freaking Jabba the Hutt mug. Jabba the Hutt mug in it. It's amazing. It is. And um, I've actually used my Jabba the Hutt mug, and it's a little creepy. <laughs> so, And I use it all the time when I'm drinking my tea. 
<laughs> it's nice for tea. I don't know why. So the point is, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put a bunch of tweets about it this week. But if you're listening right now, um, and you want to get in on it, if you play Star Wars: The Old Republic, uh, what we want to do is if you dress your tunes up in some sort of fandom. You make it look like, uh, I don't know. Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor Who, make it look like a Dalek somehow. I doubt you could do that. But, um, you know, the Hulk, uh, Harley Quinn, Master Superman, Chief. Master Chief, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, dress them up, take a screenshot, send it via tweet or, um, email it to us. If you send it via tweet, make sure you hashtag, uh, Superhero. Yes. And we are going to be running that contest for at least the next week. If we don't get enough entries, we'll run it another week. But the idea is that uh, we want to give away this cool stuff, but we also want to see uh, our love of pop culture meshing with Star Wars: The Republic. Absolutely, you know we are huge pop culture geeks as well. Obviously. You know, just not Star Wars fans. Um, so yeah, we're we're excited to be doing this, and it's a it's a great way to to mesh our fandoms. So there's a question about socks in the chat, and I just want to say, um, one second. Um. Yeah, Marshall is reaching for his own socks, and uh, actually, I'm not even wearing my socks today. But um, yeah, if you didn't know, Marshall and his family own a sock shop. Are you kidding me with this? Oh, Kylo Ren um, socks. That's the Kylo Ren sock, and we also have Lando. Oh, I'm sorry, those are Lando Calrissian socks. So scoff about socks all you want, but I'm gonna tell you what: uh, if you have these on your feet, <laughs> you're 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 killing it. Uh, absolutely. Um, and honestly, what I think we need to do is send a Colt 45 in those Lando socks. <laughs> Colt 45 malt liquor. Oh, I love those commercials. Absolutely. And uh, to answer Jim's question in chat, um, the Swotor superhero, yeah, just a uppercase everything. Uppercase? Lowercase. Doesn't matter, I don't think. I don't think any of it matters. But you said uppercase. I thought you might say lowercase. You usually say lowercase. Do you want lowercase? I don't care. I think uppercase or lowercase. I checked that I I had everything lowercase. Well then everything lowercase. Lowercase. Uppercase. Lowercase. <laughs> so Jim, I did not take these off my feet. These are fully in the package. And in fact, if you look at it this way, they're actually I had them folded up. They're actually super Okay, I want to know what the hell is Lando's hands doing. Look at that. What are Lando's hands doing? He's in his little outfit too. Oh, that's the bottom. Oh, hold on. Okay, no, I will have to say that socks like this. I actually have a pair of Star Wars so- or not Star Wars, uh, Superman socks. I have a cape. Please tell me the Lando socks have his cape. Uh, that's a noob. That would be brilliant. Yeah, well, that's a different company, dude. I'm just saying. Lowercase it is. Let's move on. <laughs> Should we get to our last section? Absolutely. If you have any questions about our contest, uh, we'll be tweeting about it. So please make sure you go ahead and uh, follow us. Well, why aren't you following us? They are. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't be here. True. Good point. <laughs> uh, last section. Let's move on. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. That show's back. It is. And actually, I watched Tuesday night's episode. It was phenomenal. I haven't watched it yet. So good. Mm. I did watch Flash, though. That was, that was bomb. Flash was really good. Supergirl was really entertaining this, this week, but, uh, um, I really like where they're going with Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Indeed. I, I haven't watched last night's Arrow yet, but, uh, I will probably be watching that tonight. 
Um, well, let's start with some sad news, we as we normally do. do is, uh, and actually, I've got two things. First of all, um, let me bring up somebody actually just died this evening. Really? Yes. And uh, um, our younger listeners probably don't know who they are, but um, unfortunately, we lost. Um, let me bring up his name again. I don't even have this in the show notes. No, you don't. We lost Mike Connors this evening. How's that name sound? Um, Mike Connors played the beloved detective Mannix. Back in the 60s and huh. uh, um, did a lot of stuff. Wait, what, what was the show? Mannix. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but, uh, you know, older listeners might uh, might know um, if my mom is watching, which she might be tonight, yeah. she would definitely remember Mannix. Um, but we just lost him tonight, unfortunately. But, uh, of course, the big news this week, yeah. we lost television icon Mary Tyler Moore this week. Yeah. And, you know... I find it ironic that it happened, and this is just coming from a personal point of view. I find it really ironic that it's happened within days of the Women's March and how yeah. incredibly um, moving and outspoken it is because the, a lot of people forget how much of a feminist icon she was. Yeah. Because she first premiered on the Dick Van Dyke show playing Mary, and she, um, in that show, this is taking place back in the 60s. Indeed. She was a female that asked for the same wage as her male counterpart. Yeah. And they talked about a whole bunch of other uh, a whole bunch of other things. Um but then she went off and, and formed her own production company with her her husband at the time, which was MTM Productions. Um and she started the Mary Tyler Moore show, which was phenomenally popular, ran like I want to say 9 years or whatever. Um but a lot of people forget that it was an Emmy's darling. It won 29 Emmys. Wow. Which was a record up until 2002 when, um, uh, Frazier finally yeah. beat it. And I mean, to go for almost 30 years as yeah. the, I mean, and you're talking about thinking about all the shows that came after her that didn't catch up. MASH, Archie Bunker, know, right? Cheers. Seinfeld. It's hard to believe everything. Man. Hill Street Blues, <laughs> ER, all these shows came and went. Yeah. And it didn't get beaten until Frasier, which was another Emmy's darling. And, and, and Frasier was a, you know, a little perfect little gem of a show. But it was. And you know, it's funny is you, you look back at Frasier and you could definitely tell it's of its time. It was oh, definitely sure. a nineties yeah. sort of. Well, idea. whereas the Mary Tyler Moore show, even though it was a, definitely an element of its time of being the late sixties, early seventies, it is still timeless in its um, yeah. feminist ideals. And 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 I was telling you this earlier. I've been I've been watching these on Netflix. They have these sixties, seventies, eighties, brilliant um, documentaries. Uh, documentaries that I just absolutely love, and I watch them whenever I just need something to watch. And um, Mary Tyler Moore comes up, obviously, and yeah. and TV comes up, and and all those shows like. Uh, was it the seventies where they're talking about, they're talking about mass or talking about all these mm -hmm. awesome shows. And my mom loved, loved the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh yeah. And I've watched, I, and I, when I, when she died, I was like, you know, how many show I, I've seen so many episodes of that show. Yeah. And I never thought about it really until now. I mean, I'm 37 years old and it's like, you know, but I watched them all when I was a kid. Yeah. And you, you know what's know? funny is it's, you, you definitely know you've made it and like, um, it's so funny. It's, it kind of just reminds me of a great line that Kurt Cobain said mm. when Weird Al redid Smells Like Teen Spirit is Smells Like Nirvana. He said, I've made it. You know, you know, you've made it when somebody lampoons you like that, right? Well, with, you know, you've made it as a pop culture icon when you're referenced 
decades later. And I still remember watching um, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Oh, yeah. Back in the late <laughs> 90s. And they had, a, they had a flash forward where they're old because they'd had an argument. And they're like, I'm the Mary. And like, you're the Rhoda because in Mary's show, right. her best friend was played by. And um, Rhoda got a spinoff. Exactly. Rhoda right. got her own spinoff, which right, was played right. by um, uh, Valerie Harper, I believe. Right. And, so funny. Um, and it's just, it's so funny. It's like, you know, Lisa Kudrow from another iconic show of yeah. Friends referencing another one. It's just, it's so awesome. Yeah. Well, she will be missed. She will be definitely be missed. Um, and it's seriously making it to eighty. You know, yeah, it's dude. it's awesome. It's a big deal. Uh, what do we got here? Samurai Jack. Yeah, Samurai Jack, which I know you're a huge fan I of. I love Samurai. Um, Jack. it's finally coming back for another season, nice. and it's going to debut March 11th. Oh, that's awesome. I'm I'm happy. I'm just I'm just happy to hear it. <laughs> well, you're you're. <laughs> I love weird things. <laughs> I I remember when we first started becoming friends. Then you watched a lot of adult. Animation on Adult Swim. That's pretty much all I watched was cartoons. You watched, watched Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ed, and Eddie, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack, uh, Cat Dog, like all kinds of just random adult-ish comedy. Exactly. You know? And like or I see, cartoons. it's so so funny kind of meant that we mentioned Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. I saw it still and it showed uh, uh, Eddie's bathroom and post-it notes from his parents on it. And one of the post-it notes on the wall said, don't touch yourself. Yeah. And there was and and they were kids shows. Oh, but, they were. But there were all these uh, adult elements to it, which I love. And then I loved uh, actually adult cartoons like uh, um, you know Aqua Teen Hunger Force yes. and stuff like that. And even but, now Archer, where I mean we're yeah, exactly. en- enamored with Archer. Which I cannot wait for the next season of Archer because yeah. it's all L.A. Noir. Oh, it's gonna oh, be great. I'm gonna love it. So anyway, Samurai Jack's back. Yes, Samurai Jack is back. Uh, I didn't actually see this one, so you talk. Okay, about so this one is uh, we talked the other day, the other week, a couple uh, weeks, ago. two weeks ago, about uh, Big Bang Theory having a spinoff. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, I think it's happening, and what it's going to be is Sheldon as a teenager. Okay, they're going Which, dumb and dumber. On I'm it. not sure how that's going to go, but I imagine. Um, what's going to carry the show is the mom. Oh yeah. Because okay, she's the, brilliant. Yeah. The only way they're going to make it that. is to bring yeah. in Laurie Metcalf who yeah, plays absolutely. his mom. Um, because uh, Laurie Metcalf is an Emmy winning. I mean, she, she, she was my favorite part of Roseanne. Yeah. Um, she was also in a ton of other stuff. I loved her in JFK. A lot of people forget she was in JFK. And oh, right, she was right. phenomenal in that. Um, she's wonderful in everything and she steals every episode that she's in, um, as a Bible thumping Texan. So, the the actor uh, um, Jim Parsons, Jim Parsons, he's going to be the executive producer. Oh, totally makes sense. And uh, he's basically his advice is: I would advise that actor to watch me as little as possible, and to take that thing by the horns and make it your own. Oh, absolutely! You can't. I think that's what they <laughs> did wrong when they did like the Dumb and Dumber prequel, right? Uh, when Harry met Lloyd, they just they were trying to act like Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey. Right. You can't act like Jim Parsons. No, I mean, no. he's totally unique in that he's, aspect he's a wonderful so you human. have to totally make it as your your own and um and we'll see see how it goes but they definitely have to cast it right exactly and and that's the other part of it they yeah. if they don't get the casting right it's not gonna work so exactly we'll, we'll we'll keep you updated on that stuff so let's get to movies dude yeah we uh we've been talking about the the concept of um cinematic universes obviously you know marvel's really taking this by the horns um, they're starting to do the whole Hasbro one with GI Joe and, um, and other things. Well, the one that they've really been bringing up is, um, uh, Godzilla and King Kong. Cause we all, of course, have, uh, Skull Island coming out, uh, Godzilla and other Godzilla's movies coming out. And this has great pedigree because you gotta remember 
Gareth Edwards, director of Rogue One, directed Godzilla. Um, so, and he helped pick the successor for him to take Godzilla too, since he went on to do Rogue One. Right. Um, but there's a whole bunch of toy merchandise pictures uh, released, and it looks like the the cinematic universe is going to be called MonsterVerse. Huh. Interesting. Which is actually interesting that they're bringing up that that they they grabbed onto that one because I actually thought that was going to be the name of the Universal uh, properties that they're doing with um, uh, rebooting the Mummy. Oh, with and the mummy, yeah, Dracula yeah, yeah. and Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Right, right. That I would think would be called MonsterVerse. Makes sense. Um, what is this? Michael Bay? What is he? Doing? Yeah, no. Well, okay. Michael Bay, who for all is he the, a crazy person? He is a crazy person. <laughs> but for all the crap, glad we agree. You have to remember that he makes a ton of money. Um, he's working on Bad Boys 3, all this stuff, but he actually, his production company, uh, just sold a treatment for a movie called Little America. Okay. And what's awesome about this is it takes place in a dystopian future where Trump has destroyed the world. Wow. Yes. I'm in. So it's been sold to a production company. Uh, Michael Bay is most likely not going to direct. He will produce. Oh, sure. Um, that but, sounds amazing. Uh, but I, I'm really interested. It sounds in like a modern day 1984. Yeah, which actually funny you should mention that. Um, I was listening to, I can't remember what, oh, I was watching, uh, um, it was either at midnight or daily show, but they said that uh, 1984 has popped up to the top of the uh, Amazon. I've been talking about that all day with my students. I'm teaching 1984 right now. You are. And And it's popped to the top of the Amazon uh, sell list. And, and, and the main reason being is because Carrie Ann, uh, Conway. Yep. Carrie Ann Conway. Made that comment about alternative facts because yep. that's exactly, exactly what, what Big say. Brother does, yes. and so it's just it, it it was a perfect moment, a teaching moment right. in my class today for, to be able to be like, so this is 2017. He wrote this in 1948, and here we are. Yeah, you know? and, and honestly, I don't I don't want to get into you know political no, 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 and, no, no, and stances. No, no. Yeah, but what I love about the concept of Little America is it it really builds on that idea of like idiocracy. Yeah, exactly. that was uh, released with uh, with um, Luke Wilson. Yeah, which is definitely it. Had, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. <laughs> but the, I've seen it a couple more times since, and it's like it's secretly brilliant. Yeah. No, and I, I don't want to get into all that stuff either. But I just thought it was kind of funny. We were both on the same page there. So Jurassic yeah, World so- two. Yeah, Jurassic World Two has officially started production. the uh, The director tweeted out a picture of it, and it, looked, it was awesome. It looked like a Jurassic World uh, hard hat that was flying through the air at the camera, and a Velociraptor was going after it. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. I love it. That's awesome. Um, let's watch the trailer, dude. Yeah the the newest trailer for King Arthur: Legend of the Sword has come out. And actually, I haven't watched any trailers for this movie, and I'm. King this Arthur is, is second, one of those. This is a teaser. The second teaser trailer is this one. Okay? Uh, this is an actual trailer. I don't think it's a teaser. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a huge fan of the actual King Arthur, like the the story King Arthur. Indeed, me too. Um, I mean, it's brilliant with Monty Python. It's yeah, yeah. Brilliant and everything. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the Clive Owen, Keira Knightley one, so I'm hoping this is a good, um, a good one. All right. Well, let's watch it. Oh, I should press play. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what, dude? Fine. <laughs> Okay, that looks really, really good. Um, it's coming out May 12th, but um, this is actually the first thing I've seen uh, Charlie Hunnam in that looks really good. Uh, you know, he starred in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. What I like, what I liked about the first one, um, because this was, there was another teaser where they were running and they had like, it was like that camera that was kind of on their shoulder kind right. of thing and they kept looking and that, I think that is a cool effect. I think yeah, that's, that's a yeah. very uh, Cloverfield. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, I'm stoked for that. I love King Arthur. I love the idea of it. Um, I bring it up a lot when I'm talking about heroes and, and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the quintessential romantic hero. Indeed. Um, so Mark Hamill has a new voiceover gig. Have you heard about this? Uh, he always has new voiceover gigs. Yeah, because his voice is amazing and we love him. And, um, apparently they're doing a, um, uh, HP Lovecraft story. Oh, wow. And it's, uh, let's see, what is it called? It's called Howard Lovecraft and the Unit undersea kingdom okay um yeah he's perfect for lovecraft yeah and so it looks like his his character let's see uh let me find it let me find it let me find it he says uh uh hamill has been cast as dr henry armitage and combs as king uh abdul uh joining Plummer and bradley who replays their roles as the first film in doc is this a follow-up or something huh is this a sequel uh it looks like it uh christopher Plummer is awesome yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about this. The film is the second in the series written and directed by Sean Patrick O'Reilly. Oh, I had Howard Lovecraft in the Frozen Kingdom. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm definitely going to check these out. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I'm I'm in. I, it's animated, and it's going to be awesome. Of course, and, it's voiceover. Uh, and uh, voiceover is cool. Who doesn't like voiceover? <laughs> don't be that guy. <laughs> don't be that guy. <laughs> um. So there's a new Terminator movie coming. I had not heard this. James Cameron and Deadpool's Tim Miller. Yeah, if Tim uh, Miller's involved, I'm on board. Yeah, they're thinking about doing it. I guess it's all preliminary. Yeah, Uh, and honestly, I think if this is Cameron stepping back and Tim Miller taking the reins, I'm definitely okay with that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Let's get to the stuff we love, dude. Uh, The verses. Yeah, we're now on to the universal usual stuff, and we'll first talk about Berlanti. Um, Like I said, I I just watched all the stuff from this week. It's fantastic. Uh, coming up in, I believe, for May Sweeps, we're going to be having the Flash Supergirl uh, musical crossover, which we had talked about. Well, they announced this week uh, the villain is going to be Music Maestro, and he's going to be played by Darren Chris of Glee. Oh, okay, and so what's great is that Melissa ben- uh, Benoist, Benoist yep. from Supergirl and Grant Gustin from Flash were both on Glee. Were they? Yeah, so they all have phenomenal singing voices. Wait, I used to watch Glee. They were really? on near the end. Oh, okay. So I stopped watching. Yeah. So, uh, all three of them are going to be on. Uh, Darren Chris is the one who, uh, the one from the, uh, I just admitted I used to watch. Glee. I know. I used to watch Glee. <laughs> um, but the, what I love about this is I read this article first, uh, a couple days ago and then I watched The Flash, uh, last night. Yeah. And spoilers, if you don't, I mean, they've been talking about it all season. So if you haven't been watching The Flash this, this season, you know, whatever, watch The Flash. Brief spoilers. Um, they talk about in the future and they're watching, uh, news headlines. Right. Yeah. And one of them mentions the music maestro. Oh, right, right, right. right. So they're referencing it already. It's not really a spoiler. It's no. Okay. People um, in the chat room don't have a choice. They're trapped. Exactly. They're wanna... trapped. You're, you're ours. <laughs> okay. That's overly dramatic. Uh, that was the point. I like it. Let's move on. Smith. Yeah. Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith. Kevin Smith has already come. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Wow. Uh, Kevin Smith has come out and already said that he wants to part- be part of next year's DC crossover. Um, which he's already getting hugely, uh, huge reviews and, and big popularity yeah. from all his episodes for him to be part of the crossover next year just makes sense. Well, and his episode of Supergirl was the first episode after the hiatus. Yes. And he tweeted about it like crazy. Like, I think he's dry. I mean, and, and this is something I'm going to bring up later, but a lot of these shows have seen a dip in ratings. They have, but. I think if if Smith keeps up what he's doing and if he has a bigger role, I think he might single-handedly drive some yeah, of this stuff Yeah, and honestly, I don't forward. think it's the quality of the episodes because the episodes no, are it's great. Not. It's the fact that 
uh, overall TV ratings are down as a whole because yeah. we've lost Mad Men. Game of Thrones is on hiatus. Right. Um, a lot of things are going to Netflix, so broadcast television as a whole is down. Hey, can I ask you plus, a question? Plus, real world stuff definitely impacts. Uh, yeah, let me ask you a question about this. I don't remember. Uh, I guess I, I don't know how many shows I watched from beginning to end as they were airing, but is a hiatus always a thing? Yes. Okay, because I, I just feel like all of the articles I have in here about Flash, DC, Arrow, and 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 Supergirl, ratings being down, it's their first episode after the hiatus. So maybe it's just people haven't got around to yeah, watching well, it yet. hiatuses are a little bit different than they used to be. They, they always had a hiatus. And usually what would happen is you would have your fall premieres. Yeah. Right? And then you would have your November sweeps. Okay. And then... After your November sweeps, you would traditionally have a holiday episode of some sort, and then you would go into hiatus. You'd go on a break for a bit. Right. Yeah, okay. Because everyone takes a break for working sure, for the holidays. Sure. Yeah. Then you would normally come back uh, near the end of January after Super Bowl. Yeah. And then you would go- Now, Jan- now, now Super Bowl's early right. Feb. Now, yeah. it's because there's it's not just the broadcast networks. Yeah, it's yeah, different. Yeah. Um, but then you would work until May sweeps, have a couple more episodes uh, after that, season finale cliffhanger. Yeah. If you're coming back, and then you would be off for summer. Okay. 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 Traditionally, now, um, and uh, mixed in between that, you would have a couple of weeks off here or there, like a week here, a week sure. there. Sure. Yeah. Now, what you tend to have is you have your premiere, you have your front nine, um, which includes your your uh, your uh, your November sweeps. Yeah. And then you go into a, usually a, at least a month and a half to two month hiatus now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and I then think. where they really uh, bulk that up is at the end of the year, at the end of the season, they do your back 13. So, but that's what and I'm that getting gives at. You, and that, that gives you, that gives you your full 22 episode season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's if you do a full 22, which you do get in most, um, broadcast stuff. But then for example, shows like, um, uh, how, uh, how to get away with murder. Yeah. Only has like 15 episodes a season. And so they usually do nine and then do five or so right. after it because you have much more limited series. I guess what I guess what I'm saying is I feel like the hiatus is, is, is a hiatus. I, hiatus. I'm just joking. Uh, the hiatuses are, are, are much longer. They are. The, the winter hiatus is much longer now. Yeah. Um, which because I, which the, I, is a detriment, I feel like. No, well, they do it for a couple of reasons. One, um, they're able to compress the second half of the season, so you don't have any reruns in between. Because if you put in reruns, right, um, then that's where you lose your audience. No, I got you. Because if you have thirteen straight weeks of a new show, of a show with new episodes every week, unless you're preempted or you special events or stuff like that, which like Olympics or whatever, you can't yeah, get yeah, out. Yeah. That's different. But what it also does is it gives you um, a a month and a half to two month period to do nine episodes of a new show you're trying to promote. All right. For example, you're getting much more, many more mid season premieres. So like uh, Chris Hardwick's new show, The Wall. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, right. that just premiered. Or you have um, oh Riverdale is a great example. And Riverdale is premiering tonight. Exactly. So you what you do? I recorded it. Is I don't know why, but I did. You have your main show, and then I'm watching it. We have Riverdale Powerless is coming up next. I can't wait. It gives you that 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 transition to For do. Sure. Plus, it gives um, more event programming time to the networks totally for them to sell advertising and that's where you get your grease live your hairspray live stuff like that okay before we get too tangent let's keep moving on okay yeah, sorry. um no you're 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 fine dude um so 
what I was saying is the Flash Legend Tomorrow combo uh, saw a dip in ratings. Um, and so did Supergirl and so did Flash. Like we talked about, did we talk about it last week? Um, no, it couldn't because no. it happened this week. Right. No. Um, but I saw a bunch, there's, so this is one of many articles saying all of these shows have seen a dip in ratings. They have. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, well, Supergirl's had a dip in ratings. Of course, this whole season is a dip in ratings for Supergirl because they're going from CBS to CW. Oh, yeah, okay. Their sense. audience is like cut in half to begin with, yeah. right? So you can't really rate that. Plus the fact that it starts the week and Monday has never really been a traditionally powerful uh, viewing night. Um, that's totally understandable. I'm not a big fan of them doubling up Flash and Legends. I was surprised. I thought they were doing. I I realized that uh, to, uh, Legends of Tomorrow was going to Tuesday, but for some reason I just didn't think that they were putting it after Flash. Yeah, they, the thing is they kind of have to because they they wanted to give Riverdale a prime spot, and they're not going to premiere it on Friday. Well, Friday is the is the well, barren wasteland yeah, of broadcast television, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, because nobody watches TV on Fridays and Saturdays traditionally. <laughs> thanks, thanks Lou for moving yeah, on. Yeah, Lou. Yeah, moving on. Um, yeah, we got to do. But it's just it's. <laughs> If they're going to do that, yeah, they really they really need to take advantage. And I'm glad they actually teamed up with Flash and not Arrow or Supergirl, right? Because they really need to take advantage of the, of Flash's um, time jumping and the fact that they're now bringing Snart into the Legion of Doom, yeah. And they really have to play on that and not necessarily do crossovers, but do a lot more um, mentionings of the storylines, and that will uh, keep I think the ratings up on Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, so now we're moving on to DC. Continue. And just a couple of things from DC. First of all, we got some uh, news on, on, uh, uh, Ezra Miller's The Flash and uh, Warner Brothers is ordering a script rewrite. And, um, like we already said, script rewrites are not a big deal. Um, it happens all the time. It does happen all the time. I mean, it give you a great example. Um, we just talked about how, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher was known as the script doctor. They always get touched up. I mean, even to the point where Rogue One brought in Tony Gilroy from the Bourne series. Right. And he was actually did such massive rewrites on it. They paid him $5 million. Right. So, um, it happens. Don't stress too much. I think it's just Jeff Johns taking the reins of control completely over and him trying to clean it up. Yeah. But there's also a lot of drama around this particular property. Well, yeah. There's this particular property is because they've lost two directors and everything. And I think this, I think. The fact that they lost two directors and now they're working on the script, I think, is a good thing because now they're just going to get the script right. And because yeah. everything starts with the script, I agree, man. You can't just say, I'm going to have this director and not write the script. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes. All right. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, news on the Green Lantern Corps. We got a short list of who's going to be in it. Well, and, and, and this is interesting to me because we talked last week. I'm, we're very excited about this. Uh, so, uh, according to the rap, the short list includes actors like Tom Cruise. Joel, Joel McHale, Bradley Cooper, Army Hammer, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, because for the you, coveted role, you got to remember since it's Green Lantern. Oh, and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> you have to uh, remember joke. that in this in this uh, instance, the uh, Hal Jordan character is older, right? Yeah. He's the veteran of the series. I think they're going to have a hard time pulling in Tom Cruise because he's already doing the Mummy, right? And he's already in Mission Impossible Six coming up. It's not going to happen. So Tom Cruise, is, I think, is out. Um, Bradley Cooper is already really heavy into the Marvel universe. I don't think they're going to be able to steal him away. Yeah, probably not. Um, Army Hammer, uh, is, uh, actually doing his own major movie. I can't remember what he's doing right now. I think, uh, Hall and McHale are your most likely, uh, things. And I actually like Joel McHale. 
Um, he's definitely more known as a comedian, but I thought he pulled off his role in um, the X-Files uh, season wonderfully. Yes, Marshall? So if if we're talking about an older Lantern, how's we're going with this? Why not just bring in Ryan Reynolds? Because he's not that old yet. Yeah, but, you know, age him up a little bit. It'd be hilarious if they had him. You know what I think? Because of the flack from the first movie, wouldn't it be hilarious if they brought him in? You know what the most brilliant thing to do would be? What's that? Because this is obviously going to be, it's part of the DC universe. Right. So you're, you're, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking that they're introducing Hal Jordan to set up Jon Stewart and Jon Stewart's going to take over the next Green Lantern movie, whatever they do. Right. So you know, the Hal Jordan character is probably a one off. Okay. You know who they should bring in? Nah. Um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman? Yes, because of the whole Hugh Jackman, oh, Ryan Reynolds, God. Wolverine, Deadpool thing. Uh, because we know he's leaving the X-Universe. Okay, there's so much awesome they could do with this. I know, right? They're not going to do it. No. Well, honestly, well, because, you know, Hal Jordan is not a beefed up character. No. But we already know that that uh, um, Hugh Jackman can slim down. Sure. So I... I he's, a, he's, he's an Adonis. Thinking... He's a beautiful man. Thinking meta. I think that would be... Yes, I... Okay. I think, uh, thinking meta, I think that would be a brilliant casting. Indeed. But I honestly think it's going to be more likely to be um, Joel McHale or Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it makes more sense. Um, so Logan does have a release date, and I don't know if we knew this already. Yeah, we've talked about it. Did we? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll delete that. March 3rd. Yeah, no, it's just it's coming out soon. I'm really excited about it. And the only reason I put this in here is because this picture is awesome. Oh, the new poster is Look fantastic. That. Look how badass that is. Yeah, it's it's actually the new one sheet, and it's a close-up of Logan. And you guys can't see it. And it is fantastic. He looks so grizzled and just angry. Gnarly and awesome. It's awesome. All right. So um, X-Men. Yeah, the, this is there have been this re- is a big deal. This is a huge deal. There, there's been uh, a lot of talks about an X Men show. Um, we have Legion that's coming up, but um, we they wanted one that was actually X Men um, centered. Yeah. Um, they and Fox has actually picked up a pilot order. So um, that not means, only that, not only that, but they actually are bringing in Brian Singer to direct it. They said we, we want an X Men show. Brian Singer, do the thing. Exactly. That's a big deal. So bringing in Brian Singer, which I think is great. Sure. Um, two things about this, though. Uh, they're ordering the pilot, which means it'll go to Upfront. Um, if they can get on board with doing a uh, thing, it might even get to Upfront for May. Yeah. If they can be really fast with it. If not, it'll probably be Upfront uh, later in the year for a midseason replacement for next year. Indeed. Um, but what I love about it is the writer-creator behind it is confirming that named x-men will appear because the whole premise of it was that it was going to be a teenager that came into his mutant powers or whatever and it was dealing with all that right and it might not necessarily tie into actual x-men but he said it will indeed so let's get to the very close to last thing we need to cover and this is a big thing so uh a couple days ago uh maybe not even two days ago maybe yeah, it yesterday was day, no, it was the day before yesterday yeah yeah so two days ago uh, Marvel posted this thing yes. and they said they put a date it and, said tomorrow morning time, 10 a.m. big news and that's it and the funny thing is a lot of people were saying well what's going to be the news about it well the thing is is a lot of eagle eye people had noticed that Square Enix mm-hmm. had also put out a tweet very similar same thing. didn't say the time or anything but it just said big release tomorrow so the big release is there's going to be a big multi-game uh, Marvel, uh, joining with Square Enix and, uh, also another gaming company, uh, as a multi-game deal. Starting with 
and it's the Avengers project. And it's and it's the Avengers project, and it's called uh uh. uh no, it's called the ha- Avengers project. No, it's called hashtag uh revival. No, it's not reassemble. Revival. Reassemble. Hashtag reassemble, and it's going to be insane. I yeah, think there's a gr- there's a great teaser for it. Um, yeah. actually, it's in the link if you want to bring. Yeah, it up. no, that's what I'm trying to bring up here. Um, it's a really short teaser, but it's brilliant. They 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 the, it was visually stunning what they did with it. What I love about this is that Square Enix has done uh, a lot of great work. Um, and a lot of people are saying that, um, well, I mean, not a lot, but the ones that I've read have said that this could definitely be Marvel's way to getting a series very similar to, um, Arkham. Yeah. And, um, so I love Square Enix. I'm just going to say that out loud. Those are the guys who do are responsible for uh, my, one of my Fallout, favorite, yeah. uh, franchises final fantasy not final, oh final, final fantasy. fantasy that's right um and this is big because they normally do anime type stuff and this is their first major american property right all right so how sick is that right yeah it looks really good i just love the, <laughs> the way they did is like all the heroes tools being right. the hammer and the shield and the gauntlet were all discarded yeah i i i, I don't know i'm a i i have my very first final fantasy game Still, you know, I I, I I love Final Fantasy. I played all of them. I only I played Final the first Fantasy. two, and um, I love Square Enix, and I've played a lot of their, um, you know, they did some Xbox Live stuff and stuff like that. I right. just I love this company, and I'm I'm so glad that this is happening, and I'm hoping the game is is what I uh, imagining in my head it's going to be because that's going to be amazing. All right, oh. so uh, also the next series that Marvel is doing, um is cloak and dagger and um this should be very very cool and this is actually going to be released through freeform which is i believe the new name for uh abc family right i think so yeah um so this is obviously based on the cloak and dagger characters from the marvel universe which are very cool it's two uh southern characters who have an interracial romance and they decide to escape and they leave to from new orleans i believe to go to new york and they get mixed up in some drug sort of situation but when they are exposed to it, one of them turns into being able to embody darkness, like uh, like smoke and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. whereas the other one is a blinding light. And they can only control each other when they're near each other, oh, that's which sick. is very cool. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. I'm actually looking forward to this series. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what else do you have? Inhumans. Um, Inhumans uh, has their director, and it's a guy named Roll Rain. That's and good. He, yeah, he's going to be doing the two-hour premiere that's going to debut in theaters that'll set up the series. That's right. And that's – I hope that becomes a thing. I hope that people – I think that would be a brilliant way to start marketing. I mean, especially because TV has beco- become so cinematic, you yes. know? And it would be kind of cool to be able to go to the movie and theater so and see like – with being on your devices whatever and being it, able to – Yeah, but it'd be and, – and I think we talked about this about a month ago, but be able to go to the theater – and see the first episode or two of a TV show yes. and then go home and know that, you know, you see on this big screen and then, and then here you are at home watching the rest of it. Okay. I mean, if you knew cool. now, if you knew then what you know now, how would you have liked to have seen the premiere of Game of Thrones in theaters? Oh, if I had seen that in the theater. I know, right? I'd probably be writing a Game of Thrones fan blog or some crap. Do you think you know the ratings for... Not, no, not scoffing the people who do that. I'm no, but saying. do you think the ratings for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might be higher if it had premiered in theaters? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think, As a double feature with something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% on your side. That sounds like a commercial. Can you imagine doing a double feature of, like, just say, go back go back four years uh-huh. and do a double feature premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter? 
It's a two-hour film at the theaters. So sick. I love Carter, dude. I, I just... Um, JT's asking questions kind of off topic. Is will Guardians of the Galaxy have a nope. cameo for Ragnarok? I will not answer off topic comments. I'm joking. Um, yeah, no. Uh, will Guardians of the Galaxy have a cameo for Ragnarok? I don't know. Uh, well, Doctor Strange did in the uh, as as for Luke Ragnarok? points out. Yeah, because at the very end you saw uh, um, Thor. Oh, I see looking, what you're saying. Because okay. Thor's looking for Odin in New York. Yeah. Well, then, yes, probably. Um, I would guess so, just because everything is tied in, especially since um, the collector is in possession of one of the stones. I totally read that question differently. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I got you. Yes, um, the, you. The collector is in charge of one of the stones, because remember, they gave him, I believe, uh, the Tesseract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, didn't he have the ether as well? No, no. I think he has the ether. And... Um, it's it's all going to tie in together. Well, and one of the cool things about these movies, especially the Guardians and Ant-Man and stuff like that, when the movie's done, right? Or There's always the tie-ins. Or in the within way. the film at some point as an Easter egg, you have these tie-ins to right. something that's coming. So I, mean, I I can't I can't imagine them not tying Guardians with something. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're gonna have to tie it in somehow because uh, I mean they're how, gonna show up in Infinity War. Yeah, they are. It's, it's been uh, definitely uh, done that they're gonna be doing Infinity right. War. Right, but I mean, how else are they gonna be launching the Howard the Duck movie? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I I. You know it's funny because in in uh, off way off the mark here, but in in Marvel Puzzle Quest, uh, Howard the, Duck, uh, Howard the Duck is back. Yeah, and so it makes me think. It's like, how close are we to another Howard the Duck movie on some level? I think so eventually cool. it'll happen, but it'll be CG instead of puppetry. Well, for sure. But yeah. the funny thing is, is this is actually going back to Legends of Tomorrow from Tuesday? Yeah. Howard the Duck is referenced. Stop it. Yes. Okay. All right. It's so it's awesome. Hap- it's gonna happen. All right. Uh, we have a few more stories and we gotta get out of here. We're, we're, we're way over time. All right. Um, so, all right. Conventions. Um, San Diego, San Diego, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley Comic Con is going to do discounted tickets for Valentine's Day. Awesome. Yeah. Because it's coming up in March, right? It, it's and, coming up in April. Oh, um, right. But the tickets, but they're uh, selling cheap tickets on Valentine's exactly. Day. Exactly. So, um, so that's pretty cool. We haven't decided if we're going 100% yet. We got press passes. Well, you got press. I haven't gotten an email back and I applied before you did. Yeah. So I got my press pass back. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, um, we have some convention news that's, that's actually pretty positive. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard this, this. So tell me all about um, it. Um, so this, while the charges, uh, announced a move to Los Angeles earlier this month, as we know, obviously, um, effective ending all future discussions of any combined, uh, conveying. So remember the idea is that, uh, we had this giant complex that we're going to combine Comic-Con and convention stadium, center right. and the stadium, right? Right. Well, with the Chargers leaving, you don't need the stadium. Right. So that's not happening. So as of yesterday, Superior Court basically said the waterfront convention center expansion is legally sound and compliant with the California Coastal Act and uh, the California Environmental Quality Act. Okay. Awesome. And the ruling won't be finalized until after March 3rd. But what this means is today... Today's strong ruling is tremendous news for San Diego economy and removes one of the biggest hurdles to expand the convention center. So this was one of the things that was keeping them from saying, okay, let's keep expanding what we have. Right. Cause, uh, you have to remember that, that, uh, the Comic Con, um, International Comic Con's 
lease with the San Diego Convention Center actually ended last year, and they re-upped for two more years. And so San Diego had to figure something out to keep them there because they were seriously thinking about going to Anaheim because um, it's a bigger convention center. Um, but, you know, it's not as neighborhood friendly as the yeah, gas lamp is. Exactly. Um, so, But they needed to clear some uh, logistical hurdles. Indeed, man. And um, I'm I'm really excited about this year at Comic Con. I'm hoping more people are going to come from farther away, and we can figure out some way like to maybe Australia, yeah, maybe Australia, and and just try to figure out a way for all of us to just be together for a, a larger chunk of time, yep. and, not, and have and another not, cantina, and and oh, well, we're having a cantina. That's a thing. Even if it's just you and I sitting in a hallway drinking. Look, it's happening, and it's you, me, and Darren DePaul. <laughs> and Master Lou, because you know he's going to be there. Right, buddy? You're in chat, I know. All right, so real quick, um, couple last, uh, <laughs> couple quick things. Funko uh, is unveiling their 90s Nickelodeon pops. Okay, this is awesome. And this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. This is like, um, the Monsters show, it's cat Rugrats, dog. it's Cat Dog, it's, uh, um, what were these other ones? Rugrats, I mean, this is this is gonna be awesome. Yeah, I cannot wait awesome. to see what they come up with. So that's just a quick merchandise thing. And last thing, uh <laughs> just because we're geeks, I had to throw this in here. Amazon Echo, you know that thing where you say like, order me a thing and do this. Right. Amazon Echo makes it so that all you have to say is computer, like in Star Trek. Right. So they say computer, do a thing. That's that's awesome. <laughs> so instead of saying you know, Echo or Amazon or whatever right. you say, or, or, you know, uh, uh, Google Go or whatever you say, you say computer. How badass is that, right? That is awesome. I just thought that was cool. And of course, Master Lou said, yep, he'll be uh, going to San Diego. He said, someone's got to be your Uber. I'm like, you know, Lou, I didn't <laughs> want to be the one to say it. <laughs> that's, that's your job, bro. It is. Well, and now you have a job. <laughs> Anyway, are we uh, done with that, this? That's it. We've been recording for a long time. Uh, you know, not as long as I thought. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe it's the wonderful company we have. I love the people in chat. Thank you, everybody who who uh, showed up and hung out with us this whole time. Buy me some sort of fun code that has to do with 90s Nickelodeon. What? I'm just telling the people in the chat to buy me a Nickelodeon oh, fun code. You want the cat dog one. I want a lot of things. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the usual podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, and, of course, Twitch, which hopefully some of you are looking at us right now. Um, I'm at Darth Boss on Twitter. Will is at I'm Will Griggs. iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play. Give us a positive rating. Like us, love us, and all that. Whenever you see us on the social medias, don't forget about our contest. Hashtag SWOTOR Superhero. SWOTOR Superhero. Uh, tweet us, like us, send us that stuff, and and... And we'll get you entered. And you can win some cool stuff. Oh, and I do want to say, make sure you check out my Pinterest because I up, uh, uploaded all of the new Beauty and the Beast character posters, ooh. which are phenomenally beautiful. Interesting. Sounds good, dude. And we also have, uh, if you think we're worth it, buck or two an episode. Buck or two an episode. Yeah. Patreon.com slash usual podcast. I do a blooper reel, which this, if we were recording this right now, it's like two hours. It will be way less than that. Yeah, well. <laughs> And the patrons get that. And I put it all into a, a clip and send it to them. Um, but there's a lot of other benefits as well. But um, it does help support our show. So patreon.com slash usual podcast and audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. That is a very lucrative way of supporting our show. You get a free audiobook, We get 15 bucks. And you get the awesome that might be a 40-hour audiobook. Pre-order the new Thrawn. 
Yeah, and do that. If you're not doing that, you're not doing it right. Yeah. You're not. You're definitely not having a fun. And if you're not having a fun, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Are, are, are we done? Can we go? We are. Yeah. To make sure. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for watching on on Twitch and uh, have a fun. Yeah. Thanks everyone. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.